Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hip hop is one of the youngest genres of modern music, but it's also the most popular form of music in the United States. Like rock and roll before it, hip-hop gave a new voice to generations of people and became a cultural movement as much as a type of music. Today on Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're taking a look at the golden age of hip-hop. We're going to look at the pioneers who started hip-hop in the wake of disco, the rappers who helped bring hip-hop to the mainstream, like Run DMC and LL Cool J, and rappers like Public Enemy and N.W.A. who used their music to speak up about how black people were being treated in society. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 42. I'm Bruce Kramer, but you can call me the DJ BK, and I'm rocking the mic tonight with Grandmaster Ryan McCusker and Doug MC McCusker. Would that make you Mick McCusker? Run DMC That was, my, MC, that was yeah. my rap name all through like the early 2000s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> MC Cusker. I've written MC 42 of these intros, and that's by far the worst <laughs> yeah. one I've ever done. So, but uh, are you rocking out there? <laughs> You want to say hi, Doug? I'm sorry. I just spoke all over it. Yeah, right? boy! <laughs> That's all I got. Doug, you That's what I got. Yeah. You know, how many times I've been called that through my life, Doug, you fresh. I'm like, oh, you're so creative. Prison, I was playing softball the other day, and someone was like, oh, Kramer, can I, like, Cosmo, like, Seinfeld? Oh, I'm like, I've never heard that ever. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Thanks, Chief. You're so creative. Yeah. People don't get sarcastic. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets, and our show is the Pantheon Podcast Network. I haven't seen you guys in two weeks. You have a good Memorial Day? Sure, sure. You yeah, know, right just on. another work day. Right yeah. on. Summertime in the city, right? Yeah. It was hot, man. It, it was, was hot. It was hot. It was hot. The weather's been really weird. We just had a bad storm. You know, yeah, Bruce man. had to walk through it. Yeah, as soon as I pulled up, it was like the sky opened up. It was uh, very apocalyptic. It, uh, That's what happens when we get together. Yeah. Right, right. The four horsemen were flying over. The heavens, right. The three of us in Owens. <laughs> <laughs> the warden. Uh, yeah, dude, the topic tonight is really, um, this was a challenge for me. Really? Yeah. I got to say so is also for me also. Yeah. Not, I didn't grow up with this music. Not me. I grew up with Yo! MTV raps. We, I watched it all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know I'm a drummer. I think I identified a lot with, with the uh, rap beats and DJ's stuff that was going on, and I think my sound of drumming came from that. Well, you're urban too, like you come from yeah, an urban community, that's what I'm saying. anything like that. Yeah, you know? and I, I kind of do agree with you. Like, if anything, in the genre of this genre of music, is definitely the beats. Like, it definitely, like, you know, please, you I know. think that's what it's all about is that is that backbeat. And I know? like, I like 
a lot of hip hop music. Um, I like Tribe Called Quest, and I like most oh, Jeff. I like best. Yeah. yeah, I like a lot of stuff. But this was this was over my head. So when you were growing up, Bruce, were you like listening to hip hop before rock and roll? No. Okay, because there were like, a lot of people out there. Like sure, you, when, a lot of guys in Philadelphia. Yeah, it when was rock, it was probably like I knew the stuff on the radio. Sure, you know, like, I didn't all know the, that growing and up. When I was in grammar school, if you didn't like rap music, you weren't cool. Yeah, we were like, like headbangers. People yeah, just call us. We were outcasts. We are totally. We still are. Yeah, yeah that was I never. I take pride in that. That was never me. Um, I, I knew the stuff on the radio, and then like a lot some of this stuff. You know, they'd play like the school dance and shit like sure. that. Yeah. Um, like, sometimes people will play stuff like old school rap in the bar. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm in a CYO dance. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. But, yeah. the, but the beats and the songs sure. and the swagger. Yeah. You know, the Kenko shit and, yeah. you know, the, the ghetto blasters. Right. The, the break dancing, the graffiti. Like, the whole culture of that is beautiful. And I, I felt like... um. I feel like most of the shows we do, I I have I walk in with some sort of like a base knowledge, and I can talk kind of intelligently about it. But this, I was like, there's a there's a real. The more I was reading and learning, I was like, all right, there's a story here. Yeah, and I feel like I don't want to fuck it up. You, you know, like I, we're we gonna get, get yeah, right. You know, we, we do we do. I think we do a really good job of like telling think, the story. I think we're just gonna sit here and talk. Try to talk about the beginning of it. I'm sure comic book guy out there. Our hip hop comic book guy is going to be like, "You missed this, missed this." I mean, we could sit here and talk about every single rapper, but it's impossible. It's like, yeah, not possible, right? Like, who knows? Maybe as the conversation goes on, we'll f- remember somebody and we'll bring yeah. it up. Like, this is a genre of music that I really do not know. I got to be honest with you. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen. I'm going to ask some questions. And uh, hopefully you guys can help me out. Yeah, with I, this. I, I'm with you, Doug. There's a couple like um, maybe like Run DMC. Sure, like, that's know, kind of I know, I know some yeah. of the big, boys. I know some of the bigger acts, but a lot of this other stuff, I was like, oh wow, really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and it's it was really interesting. So, and a lot of my research came from a document uh, Netflix series. Yeah, called yeah, Hip Hop yeah. Evolution. Which Ryan is, suggested it. It is amazing. It's like there's like four seasons of it. Yeah, I didn't realize until you said there was four seasons. I'm like, how long is this? Thing? I mean, I think each season's only like five or six episodes. Still, I'm like still watching and waiting for the last episode to come, and they just come up with better subjects as the TV show goes on. Yeah, so I, I watched the first season on the early stuff. One of the benefits of working from home is I can just have my laptop open while I'm working and just kind of have a plane in the background and be listening to stuff. So. One thing I did, like, from the little bit of the show that I did see, I like how they opened up with New Orleans. Like, everything originated through New Orleans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it had, yeah. you know, with the with the, with the 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 headdress, the Indian, the, the callbacks, and the, like, you know, this and that. And, uh, it's something I didn't know. So, you know, Hey, I'm kind of glad I watched a little I think, bit of it. I think definitely hip hop was made in Brooklyn. Mm. Like yeah. here at the end. I also t- got a lot from a book called major labels, the history of popular music in seven genres by Khalifa Saneh. He's the, um, he was a music critic for, uh, the New Yorker. And he just, he wrote a book and just like, he talks about like the history of like, country and pop and right and he did a whole thing on on hip-hop music so it was you know that that chapter was really helpful in this too but yeah man going back to that so i guess the era of like the golden era hip-hop is like 79 to like mid late 80s oh you know you had guys in late two early 2000s like eminem hip-hop was alive you know i don't know about the last 10 years 
But if you see right through, through the O years, you, you know, you had, yeah. you had yeah, all it was like, kinds of rappers. You had Eminem. You had, um, what's that dude's name? Buster? Nas? Yeah, Nas, Buster. That's all the yeah. stuff that I but listen to. I was going to say, that's yeah. like at MTV at its height. Yeah. Of his career, like the early thousands, and then you start having that crossover stuff happen more and more often with like rock and roll and everything like that. But it's so fortunate to have MTV growing up because I was, I would watch MTV no matter what was on it. So mm-hmm. every day at four o'clock, I watch Yo MTV raps. And yeah, and also I mean, working in the music store. I mean, yeah. we worked in Cherry we got, Hill, we got which education. was yeah, Cherry yeah. Hill was maybe twenty minutes from Philadelphia. The store sold a lot of hip hop records. So we would be playing a lot of stuff. I mean, dude, I, I remember when like Nas's album came out. I mean, it was like you couldn't keep the goddamn thing in the store. That's it was like I remember dude, people when were just coming out. in and buying it that like crazy. Record. Yes. Yeah. It was like the busiest day I've ever remember selling records. Probably. <laughs> like I always admire that you guys had that exposure because I never worked in a record store. So yeah. you're talking about them. I, I have no idea what this album is. We yeah. would have like, people come in and be like, you know, and we would have to look for the rap guy in our store. Oh, you want to you want to go talk to Brian over there? He'll know right. exactly what it is. Right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, you had to have like kind of a really basic working knowledge of it because also, sure. like, somebody came in and gave you lyrics. You couldn't. There was nothing. There was no internet. You couldn't look the shit yeah. up. You had to. You had to either. But ask sir, can somebody. you watch your language? We're in a public right. service. Children, right? Room. Well, we used to always do somebody would call in and be like, do you have a song? And we'd be like, can you sing it? And then you put it on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah. Like, song. So, and you hear the gong from the gong show. <laughs> the gong show. It was really interesting me doing this research was that a lot of the hip hop came out of disco. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really yeah. interesting. It's all dance. Yeah. I think it's all about dancing. Like, like, I, like the beginning of like disco. So I'm sorry, the beginning of hip hop. So will you say it's the Sugar Hill Gang? Is that the first hip hop song? Me and Bruce were talking about that, and we think that's a really cliche thing. Is that's, that the Sugar Hill Gang? The Sugar House Gang? Whatever Sugar they're Hill. called. Yeah. What is it? Sugar Hill? Sugar Hill Gang. Okay. Sugar yeah. House is the casino okay. in yeah, Philly. Philly yeah. No, but I, you know, we have other dudes that I think were more important than well, those guys those guys were put together like a boy band well it was really interesting because of like you know when we start when we agreed this was the topic i sat down on the couch one night and i start my notes and i just you know i just started i start writing down some shit before i even start researching and i wrote that song down because that's mm. a song that everybody knows and then watching that documentary all so many of the guys were like we hated that fucking song. I hate that song. I got to be honest. It was yeah. corporate. Yeah. It was corporate taking something off the street, gluing five MCs together. It was like they didn't ice, even know each other. It was like Ice T, Grandmaster Flash. Who else crapped on it? Uh, the dude from Run DMC. I mean, they were all oh, like because they could probably do it better. They're from the street. They, they knew were, it. That's really what exactly yeah. what it was. They're from the street. There was, there was no um, no toughness. Yeah, no, there was right. no toughness. Yeah, in it's it. all like pop. like. If people went nuts and said, like, Hanson is this great rock great and roll, band. Rock and roll yeah. band or something, yeah. you know, it was like, yeah. But um, the really, really early stuff. So Ryan put together a couple things, man, that was even before hip hop started. And the first, like, hip hop, like, the precursor of it, and I thought it was really interesting, was this guy named Pigmeat Markham. And he was born in, like, 1904. So the guy is, like, oh, well. real old. Um, and he was an old, like, vaudeville guy. Like, and they, he did, like, play at the Apollo. And he would actually wear the um, the blackface with the big white. Like, the Amos. Oh, and, wow. Like, Hello. Like, oh, the, wow. the racist shit. Oh, but, he was wow. bla- but he was black. At the Apollo? Yeah. Holy shit. Like, this over-the-top, like, the mammy kind yeah. of crap. Crazy oh, that? yeah. That's so crazy. And But white people didn't know he, what he who he was until right. Sammy Davis Jr., um, 
took one of his bits and did it on Laugh-In. That, you know, like, here come the judge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, that's, this, that's him. Oh, okay. So, here, here's a little bit of it. Ryan found it and put it on the playlist. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the cold up swing. It's just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no tears. I don't want no lies. Above all, I don't want no alibis. This judge is hip, and that ain't all. He'll give you time if you're big or small. Fall in line with this cold is neat. Peace, brother. Whoa, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Everybody know that he is the Pretty banging. I like it. Awesome. When was that recorded? 68. Okay. It was on chess say. records. Okay. Was it really? Yeah, it was the chess oh, records man. release. They, those chess guys knew exactly yeah. like what they heard were classic shit. So is this the original guy who re, who we were talking to the gentleman you were talking about earlier before you went to the same guy? Yeah, so he wow. came up with that and then Sammy Davis Jr. took it and brought it to that show yeah. Laugh In and it became a huge hit. And they yeah. said I think he actually the that dude went on Laugh In a little bit later. Right. So I was like when I heard it, I'm like, Oh, I know that. I remember watching yeah, sure. you know, it Nick wasn't it wasn't even on the hip hop evolution um, series at all. It was something that I always remembered. Yeah, it was from memory of knowing, like it was like a rap song. And, yeah, you know, I I remember it as a kid. And then, um, well, you know what? It's interesting too. Like you know, the talking in rhyme is it was in that documentary too. Like that's the way you remember things. Mm, oh, you know, yeah. like old. Yeah, I'm gonna not put a down my keys. Going to grab yeah, my, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Like just um, you know how you tell stories and things like that, and it was just passing along. And one of the guys on the show, it might have been Ice T, was like, "This is, you know, like the plantation songs. Like this sure. is how we were sharing our stories about the insight of like how shitty things were right. in like L.A. and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, and I'm not equating all black people to slaves. I'm trying to make a point that it was like it's memorable because it it's it it rhymes. It's a part of yeah. the history too. Like yeah. if, there, if it goes back that far, like yeah. maybe so it's always been there. Yeah. But yeah. then there like there was so much more pop that pop companies were putting rap out because they exploited it like but yeah. look, no look at blondie look at that sure blondie well yeah song. so that's so the first the stuff song starts taking yeah. off and then and then the record label shitheads come yeah, in yeah. and they want to exploit the hell out of it but she said she wrote the song about um grandmaster flash yes um she would hang out with five fab five freddy mm-hmm. and and Grandmaster Flash at the clubs in New York City. Yeah. And she was like, I got to put this on the map. Yeah. I yeah. Guess, you know. So is it true that Blondie was the first artist to have rap on their albums? I don't, I don't think she's the f- but it was pop first. She yeah. was the first like white girl. Right. So, so, she's, yeah, so, so they made definitely. it popular then. So and that was one of the I think it was Fab Five Freddy. Right. Um, in an interview with him. Well, he's he, in the video too. Yeah, yeah. He said like one that like the interviews that started coming in. Just you know, blue like he became instantly superstar famous. Yeah, and also because she was, she was she was hot. Dude, right? she's, 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 she's huge. Super, like, she's, superstar. I'm, I'm still you know I've I've had to edit yeah, out so yeah, many yeah. times. Like, <laughs> Harry, we right. all have our thing for Debbie, right? But it was like you know it, it, it's at the peak of them, and she comes out and she does that, and it, the song was just enormous. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Yeah, a little Blondie. All right. Then, when there's no more cars, you go out at night and eat up 
sounds great through headphones. Yeah, sorry. Through headphones, it sounds yeah. great. Yeah, it's not my favorite Blondie song. Yeah, it, no. I was gonna say by far. Does anybody else? Have, does she? Does anybody have writing credits on that song? Or did she write that? Because that's pretty horrible. It was very white. <laughs> it, was, it, it was very um, Debbie Harris. Yes, yeah, so it was probably you know nobody but, has but writing credits was, on it. But she was putting it on the map. It I was know, already on abs- the map. Absolutely. But then there was people. She popularized it. Listen, there were people in like Ohio right. that have no idea what Brooklyn is. Right, right. You know, or it's this thing is happening. Right. But Blondie does it. And the people in Ohio are like, oh, what's this new rhyming thing going on that it, Debbie Harry's doing? You know what, man? And that's another thing, too, that, like, there's a couple moments in this story that early hip-hop were, like, white people had, like, the Aerosmith. Yeah, sure. Thing. That brings it forward. The Blondie thing brings it forward. Mm. But it's also, like, you know, I guess you got to remember that. Yeah, yeah, all right. How are you going to get this music into like the limelight? Like, right, how, it's right. Gotta like be, suburban, it's got to be rural, yeah, yeah. right? Like, it started as a party thing. Yeah, sure. it started as you know house parties. Yeah, like, in the in the early seventies. Well, you know, let me let me circle back on the other the early stuff before we get into that because I think that that was the coolest part of this. Yeah. learning all that shit. But um, the other in addition to Pigmeat Markham, another guy that um in the early seventies was Gil Scott Heron. He did that. The revolution will not be televised. Yes. You know, like, I the, love the, the that. Yeah. Dude, I knows. love that. So he's like a jazz guy. He did spoken word shit. This and was something else that wasn't on the revolution. The rap. The revolution yeah. of rap. I, I I just know about it. But Gil Scott Heron was Heron was like a spoken word dude. He was like pretty like black nationalist. Like, sure, like, he's like, totally he's pretty like, um, like Black Panther. But yeah. he's talking about some heavy shit. Yeah. Like Whitey land on the moon. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah, that's yeah. Some heavy yeah, Whitey, shit, man. Whitey's on the moon. I love that when it comes on the bar. I'm like, I fucking love this song. Yes, because Whitey's on the moon. So, um, yeah, dude, let's play a little bit of it because I was really I was really happy to see Ryan that you put this yeah, on the playlist. This is so. something else I really, just really know cool. about. Yeah, it's really cool. Here you go. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. That yeah, shit gets me fired up. Yeah, and dude, I love it's it. it's great. Yeah, dude, it's I really even love like the yeah the key change, like right in the middle, like you know. I, I love, love the it. flute. And yeah. again, we're listening to it on headphones. Yeah. Something I never would listen to this song on if yeah. we weren't doing this show. I, I listen to that song like more often than you you guys would think. I like. But I everybody, walk my dog more, but everybody more. knows that phrase. Yeah. The revolution of Patella. I don't know if yeah. everybody knows where it's from. Or is I mean, that down listen to it? It's definitely a slogan that hip hop. You know, sure. Came up with, yeah. I mean, that, that's I. I when I hear that man, I think of the Black Panthers. You know, standing in the yeah. with the fist up, kind We're, of like that hey. defiant uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they had purpose in life to make their lives better. Yeah. So you know, this guy was you know taking his brain and at the time and say, listen. The revol- our revolution that we're doing is so underground, it's not going to be televised. Right, he's trashing like pop culture, but it's very and- intelligent. He's speaking very yeah, intelligently. Yeah, totally. Like it's crazy, sure. like you know. So we've got the two. So we talked about that Pigmeat Markham kind of. That's the funny right. vaudeville kind of stuff. And then we got Gil Scott Heron in 1970. He's doing this like very socially aware kind of stuff. Yeah, man. And it's you're still years before hip hop like is even a thing. So really, really cool. But the beginning. 
of hip hop is a couple years later. And this, I didn't know any of this at all. And then this was really, really cool. So there's a guy named cool Herc. Oh yeah. Cool Herc. Man. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I, I had I didn't no know idea. He was he in the first episode of that, that documentary. Okay. They talk about so cool Herc. He just wanted to throw a party in his apartment mm. in the Bronx. And on August 11, 1973, he charged 25 cents for women, 50 cents for dudes. And he was just a DJ. And he said, I don't want to play the shitty disco music. So he was just playing all this stuff. And But he wouldn't tell anybody what the records were that he was playing. Because mm. he didn't want anybody to go out and buy them and then yeah. not come to his right. party. Smart. Yeah. It was really cool. Someone else called him like the sacred crates of hip hop. Like, no, man, these are the sacred crates of hip hop. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. Um, but one song that he did sample a lot was the incredible bongo band apache and oh, yeah. if you've ever been to like a baseball game or anything you know this song oh yeah here's a little bit of it so big it's huge yeah it's, like, it's yeah. amazing what grandmaster flash heard yeah through that right you know he was like he i think he he was picturing the party and people dancing to it mm. before it was even put on record or scratching or yeah. anything he yeah. he visualized the people just fucking dancing their and, ass off i mean that, that that's every you know any sporting event they have yeah. like the bongo cam and and that, i that's, think that's such a huge part of hip hop is that bongo thing. Yeah, well, just hearing it, I wanted to do like Jamoni. Yeah. Jamoni. Yeah. It is like, where is uh, it? It's not here. It was, it's the original. It, the, I had conversations with Jesse Lane down the bar. He really does know his hip hop. And he, we talk about where that original snare drum and bongo comes from, you know? And I think this is where it totally does. Oh, absolutely. Like you're saying when it was playing, like, like it's in everything. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not hard to imagine where Grandmaster Flash got because the hook's already there to dan 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 dan. Like it just, but all that other stuff that's going in the background, yeah, that's what Grandmaster Flash right. used, yeah. right? You well, know. so this dude, Cool Herc, would he really like that, like the break, the breakdown? So he would get two copies of the record, and he would just play the same part over and over and over again. He called it the merry-go-round. Um, but there was no, you know, it, they they said the transition sounded like shit because mm. they were just like, you know, he's picking up the yeah, needle. They didn't have right. a mixer then, right? Right. So he's yeah. picking up the needle and just trying to go back to where it was. And sometimes you found it, sometimes you didn't. And this guy, maybe I didn't ever do him because he never recorded anything, right? Yeah. It was like this was all like street guys. music. All those, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was street music. It was something that was born on the streets. Right. And the the original OGs. We don't even have anything recorded right. by them. So this guy was like, he was throwing these parties, and then his buddy showed up, and uh, a guy, Coke LaRock, and he had a mic, and he just started like getting up with his shit was playing, and he would just go like, hey, man, shout out to my boy, right. like just, just shout outs. Yeah. And then he started saying stuff like, yo, my buddy's car is double parked outside, so the girls would be like, damn, he's got a car? <laughs> he just made it up. Yeah. yeah. How brilliant is but that? But he said yeah. he started, he's the guy who came up with like, you rock, you don't stop, and mm. hotel, motel, you don't tell, we don't tell. Right. So all that kind of shit. And he said it was like, it just kind of happened. And then the the shout outs became like, 
the first like the first like MC, the MCs. Yeah. It's just really, really cool, man. Just yeah. kind of this like it's just party music. It's just about having a good time. Sure. And that's all it was. I don't think they were looking for something that was for the future. I think they were looking just the party. Well, sure, they, they, they let loose, like you know, the, like, like going on Friday, Saturday know. night. Yeah, they didn't know they were changing the world. And I think a lot of people too, like they they looked at like disco was going on. So you see everybody rolling into like Studio Fifty Four, right. and they're all dressed up. And then you're, you're in, like, back in the street. This is like where the real right, parties at. Right. Like, then you're in like, like the Bronx, yeah. where it's like a goddamn war zone in the early '80s, late '70s. So they're trying to do something to kind of mm. give that. That party atmosphere. They um, tried everything that they could at roller rinks and, you know, any place that they could set up for audience, they would yeah. play, you know, at churches and basements. And they said it, there would be no trouble because everybody's there is to listen to the music. And it was like, I, and the Cool Herc, Coke LaRoque, Coke LaRock story was like, you know, again, I, I think we know we're we know more about music than a lot of people. And I was like, I didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know, I said, I mentioned before, like I've read a couple books on hip hop. I still didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I knew the story about it becoming like party music, but that dude's like just largely forgotten. And I was like, wow, man, I get these two guys like started everything and they're still alive. They're in their sixties and, yeah. you know, still kind of kicking it. Um, so the next dude I think we should talk about is Africa Bombada. Again, somebody else I didn't know a whole lot about, but he said he went to a couple of those parties that Coke LaRock was doing. And it was like, oh, I have a lot of these records. And he started doing his own thing. And, but he started playing, going to like other clubs. And instead of playing like the bongo band, he was playing clips from like Elvis and the Sex oh, Pistols yeah. and the Talking Heads. That. Wow. And it was like all, he was like, yo, man, this, he's like, you gotta, you gotta meet your listeners or meet your audience where they are. And he's like, so I'm going to play this kind of shit. And he was really into like craft work and all this other kind of techno kind of shit. Really cool. To have that ear to be able to pick just parts out is amazing. Yeah. They said he was going like up into like the, um, he said that like this music could be as counterculture as punk is. So I'm going to play punk stuff. They went together like peanut butter and jelly. They would play the same shows. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, you know, remember when The Clash came to New York? They did those, like, three shows in New York? Yeah. He must have been part of that because The Clash loved, like, the hip-hop. So it's they, like... They loved it. They, they they discovered it, and they were like, holy shit. They, yeah, they were at the right place at the right time. And yeah. then they got kids from the Bronx or whatever. They Brooklyn, all graffiti and, they for them. Down and, there. Yeah. and I think they were only supposed to play, like, one show, and they wound up playing three shows. Yeah, I think so, I remember talking happened, about that. What happened was... They were supposed to play like one or two or three shows, mm. but then the promoter oversold the show, right? Like a billion times over. So the Clash are like, we're not going to fuck over our fans, right? So they would play like two shows a day, one gotcha. in the afternoon, one at night, and you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It was like a week standing yeah. of the whole thing. And why they were there in New York, they picked up the whole vibe of this culture that was so new and so exciting but you were saying like you know the, this artist was sampling like the sex pistols and this and that the clash was already around at this time i would imagine yeah so they were probably in there somewhere you yeah know? yeah i think all i think all rock and roll had its part in hip-hop sure sure you know i mean so much stuff in before rock and roll had a lot of influence on who's more sampled than james brown right right you know like Every James Brown song, that beat turned into some kind of hip hop song, and that's a good point. Be like, you know, it could be like, like you said, Elvis was sampled. This is sampled. All it takes is just one, one like one, measure, one, one measure right. of drums or one measure of some bass line and drum, and 
here's your song. You know what, man? You know? And uh, well, you know what? Let me let me play a little bit of Planet Rock from Africa Bambata because I think uh, let's just check him out a little bit. Yeah. It was like the space sounds and everything. Yeah. Star Wars was huge yeah. at the time. Yeah, and that music yeah. is like to me. That's like that's eighties hip hop. Dude, people Dance were like losing their minds when yeah. they heard that because they never heard that before. This guy was pushing the envelope. This guy was taking a little bit further. Like whoever heard of that that bump bump like the beginning of it yeah. before that. It, then you heard everybody do it up to Michael Jackson. Yeah, hit those notes before a song, and it's like the, like anything else. Like within you know that genre, it's like sports. Everybody wants to be the best. Everybody's going to top each other. Like, well, this and that. Well, and that, we got this, so we're going to do this. Yeah, you know, I think that's what rap is about. As oh, absolutely. I'm going to battle you, and I'm going to be yeah. a better MC than you. It's all about being oh, the yeah, best. It's sure. Like sports. Sure. Yeah. Um, and this dude was also like he was in a gang. Called the Black Spades, but then he said, like, at some point, I think he went to Africa and it like changed his outlook on life. That's why the name Africa Bambata. Mm. And he became part of this like larger thing called like the Zulu Nation. And he was yeah, like, yeah. yo, hip hop is a way he's going to get people out of bad situations. Mm-hmm. Out of which is which is also, I mean, you think about it, man. I, I think a lot of hip hop is like, I'm going to be a rapper and get out of living a shit life in a bit, you know, in a, in a ghetto mm. in a bad neighborhood and stuff like that. Um, He's also probably the shitbag of the week because he's been accused of molesting children. Oh, he's a pedophile, huh? He got kicked out of the Zulu Nation. No. Shitbag of the week? For hey. several for several decades, he's been accused of molesting oh children. Is he alive so, today? Is he alive he's today? still around. Is he so. in jail? No. I don't think anything. I don't Oof, think he's ever been but tried. But he goes but, into our jail. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. Shitbag of the week. Dun, dun, dun. So. Yeah, what right. a piece of shit. Yeah. Very, very uh, impactful on the music industry, sounds like, uh, you know, if the accusations are true, um, mm-hmm. total, total scumbag. Yeah. But, you know. All right, looking down my notes. All right, so the next one that I had on my notes, man, was the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. They, they were. Big. They, they, were huge. they were huge. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe you could talk about a little bit how Grandmaster Flash came up with a, basically an instrument that he made between two turntables and a mixer. Yeah. So, all right, I'm I'm gonna own up something. So when I was young, when I was younger, my knock on hip hop was always like they don't even play their own fucking instruments. Yeah. It's just like yeah. they just rip off everybody else. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, people in the hood in Harlem can't afford a goddamn uh, guitars and drums, and so they were making do from what they had, and um was really interesting in a documentary too that at some point when there was like the uh there was like a riot in i think they said la and everybody went into the stores <laughs> maybe it was new york they went into all the stores and they they stole all the turntable shit and sure. like, suddenly everybody was a dj because yeah. everybody had a lot of good equipment um it was like a power outage or a massive power outage oh, it was the blackout the yeah, yeah the blackout out. yeah man, that's what it was the new york yeah. blackout and everyone went and looted all the stores you can have it you can have this out real fast but like when they had the riots like in the last yeah. few years I saw a picture. It was on the fucking news of this kid coming out of a music store with a bass, like one of the nice. I'm like, good for that fucking kid, right? Right on. But 
Man, all right. So the out of everything I watched on that documentary, the the interview with Grandmaster Flash, yeah. I thought was the coolest because mm. he was like the DJs when you wanted to play the right uh, the break, you would have to pick up the needle and put it down. And he said that they would miss the spot and it would be yeah. like it would be shitty. And he said just one day he just put his hand on the record and he's like, and then the record stopped. And I picked it up and it went and I put it and he's like. I am in, and he was moving his hand up and right. down. And he was saying, I am in control of the record. And he was like, like this light went on. He's like, so then he took crayons and he started marking on the record. This is where the break is. And he would say how many, and then he would count how many times the record had to turn around with, so he, how many times did it have to turn it without touching the arm? So he'd write like a two. Mm. So then that became the, the back and forth with the back and forth. So he'd play it and then he knew to move it back. And it was like He's a genius. He is. Right. I, we absolutely. were talking about it before the show started. He's up there with Nikolai Tesla. Right. Absolutely. And you know Grand Bell. You right. Know, and it's like he, holy shit. And he said on all this shit, it was like before that, like that's where all of the changes mm. in everything with hip hop, all like all those those sounds all came out of this one moment. It was like it was so cool to hear him because it really was like a... Do you think it was like a motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was really yes. like I was time stopped when yeah. we were setting yeah. up. I was really like, um, you know, I was reading a book about like Leo Fender saying like they're taking apart like uh, taking acoustic guitars and taking apart like a record player and a radio and tinkering sure. and making something. It was like this is the same thing. Just it yeah, was yeah. so awesome to hear he him was tell that story. He was taking you know turntables apart. Yeah, and like. That that mixer was a huge deal. Like you just those two turntable wasn't just it. It's you know the turn. I mean the uh, mixer. The mixer itself was big part. That right. I think that was more the instrument for the levels. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he he's the guy. Like he made the turntable an instrument. Yes. So nobody was using a mixer before him. Then no. He like so. What did he take it off of? Like a uh, like a, a record player? Well, I don't like know if a, he came like, up with the mix. Did he come up with the mixer too? I think they used to use a mixer for something, but nobody ever thought of like, like you see like radio stations and things like that. I would imagine. Yeah, you know, the face shit in and out. You know? I think he learned the difference of like instead of picking up the arm of the record and moving it to where you think it should go. It was like to back it up. Yeah, like, yeah. he would like circular. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, yeah. Cup, uh, counterclockwise, right? And he was but he would rewind it. Per and se. it was really cool because he was talking about how like that's how sacrilegious. Like, dude, you don't touch the vinyl. Holy yeah. shit! And he was like, how sacrilegious that was. Like, you don't touch the record. And he, and he was like, just wow, fuck every record just, up. It was really, really, really. I never cool. heard that before. That's amazing. It's all that hip hop evolution. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just blown away. That's amazing. Grandmaster Flash is the most important person in hip-hop that i've come across in the last two weeks they're so they were also the first hip-hop group in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah sure so, and i got a little bit yeah. on on hip-hop in the rock and roll hall of fame later but um yeah the, the furious five you know the guys that he he rolled with they were the first they called they were the first ones to ever call themselves mcs yeah like so again like i mean every hip-hop person now calls himself an mc and they were the first ones. And another thing, too, was so they got all this party music going on, and they came out with that song, The Message. Which was totally like something that was so truthful that words explained what the streets of New York City can be for you. Yeah. So if, if you if you don't play your cards right. Right. So like Ice T said, like, holy shit, man, this is like a window into what's going on in the world and not this like 
hip hop, yeah, yeah, hip, yeah. Hip, yeah. Hip, 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 like party. It was yeah. like, holy shit, man! Somebody's using it to be like a message, right? Right yeah. here, yeah. like, yo, there's people pissing in the streets and sleeping sure. in bags, smoking and, crack, and, yeah, like, yeah. like, and it's easy to um maybe to glance over the the content of it because of the sound because it is kind of dated but dude listen to no, it like it's, damn it's you ever heavy. see you ever see the video for it yeah it's it's a little comical with the clothes they have on but they show like uh like poor is poor mm. on the street you know in this video it's, yeah it was like i remember like abandons and things like that yeah it, it was like bums and crackheads and they're like look yeah. th- they took their opportunity of making a video and showing people what the streets yeah. were really like yeah here i'll play a little bit of it because it is a really good song too broken glass everywhere people pissing on the stage you know they just don't care i can't take the smell can't take the noise got no money to move out i guess i got no choice rats in the front room roaches in the back junkies in the alley with the baseball bat i tried to get away but i couldn't get far because a man with the touch repossessed possessed my car don't push me because i'm close to the edge i'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder how i keep from going under standing on the front stoop hanging out the window man it's like that's Holy just shit. so yeah. far ahead of its time they yeah. put so much love into that production so like just, just the little like so bongo much. like drumstick on the bongo and they're like the doing like whatever the love that they put into this is they put a the lot production of production value it. is just amazing because it's the first time again listening for the first time in yeah, headphones, headphones man i hear it all yeah. song a thousand times in my life first time with headphones but it's absolutely beautiful i mean it's it, we can only play 30 seconds of a yeah. song yeah but as the song goes on you know they talk more about you know the streets but the thing was that they took something that was usually made for dancing and they were like all right we're gonna we're gonna do something do completely different, and we're gonna talk about completely serious moment. It's, I mean, it's rock and roll went through yeah. that too, right? Get people we to listen, to, right? right. They, like pay attention to what we're saying. Right. We talked know? about that in the fifties episode about people like the cultural awareness and social sure. using it as a way to draw attention. Yeah, to use things. it as a tool. Yeah, yeah, really, this, it was really this, cool. Yeah, this is like not right. People shouldn't be living like this. They're trying to get attention to it. Like you know, like but somebody pay attention. Truth. Yeah, but you know. We don't they like the more, truth. They so, know. Yeah. They know more about being poor than anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And probably put like, you know, like the video and everything like that. People have probably saw this thing and they were probably like scared the shit. shit out of Absolutely. Me. Look like Braun Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and another thing, Grandmaster Flash too is worth mentioning is Ryan. You mentioned the kind of like the rap battles. Yes. And that's a huge part of you know eighty. Well, like, it's still a part now, right? Like eight miles. That's how. And, but that's how. Um, a big thing with rapping would start would be like you would comp- have a competition to MC against MC. So they would have like parties at closed down stores at the end of the day and have a turntable in there and people just mixing in their their raps on each better than each other, trying to right. top each other, using their weaknesses as a joke. And, the, to, and you know, and the Furious Five did have kind of like an arch nemesis, and that was the Cold Crush Brothers. Yes, was another was another group that I didn't know anything about. Yeah, I, until, I, until that hip hop evolution. Because I don't think I don't think they're um, I don't think they recorded anything. No, but they said that there were moments more like Jackson Five Temptations, kind of like they. Um, they had harmonies together and they would kind of like stomp around on stage, but oh, they really? did like this. I get some like 
they had this big rap battle for like a thousand dollars against the Furious Five. Wow! Kinda. But yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about them. Like I said, Furious Five because we never heard of the other guy. So yeah, I guess right, like right. They, they here's, won. here's a little bit of a "We Can Do This" by the Cold Crush Brothers. Space, babe. Yeah, I like the music arrangement. Yeah, like with the guitar and everything like the lyrics, that. Lyrics, I can see why they lost all the rap. Battles. Yeah, but if you listen to like the arrangement, it's it's not yeah. it's great. Like you know, you can see where people like like the beginning of that that track. Um, yeah. people sampled that before. Yeah, man, it's an early part of all the stuff, and yeah, it's probably worth mentioning too. I mean, just like the style, where how people like the flow of words come out of people's mouth. It's very like. I'm the MC. I'm here to rock the mic. Like everything is just like a couple words, you know, and then it like it ends and it like, ha, 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 ha. yeah, it's, it's like, nothing. It's nothing like now. It's like what I was thinking earlier. Like comes back to me. The one thing that these rap guys did that the rock punk rockers didn't do was use the studio as an instrument. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they used the mixing board to to put multiple multiple vocals on we just heard yeah. that song and it had like a bass it had a regular voice and it was like a little bit behind it sound like an echo yeah it was totally groundbreaking yeah they were layering yeah yeah nobody's really like the, doing that in rock and roll circling back to like the, the the flow like it sounds almost like um like when you're in school and you try to get the right like a rap and it, like the bart simpson rap or something no. like <laughs> yeah like kind of lame like the, the bart simpson rap yeah you're just right you're writing like couplet my name is bruce and i'm here to rock i'm really cool so suck my cock like and that's, holy and that's, shit. that's all you got you're a natural right yeah. Yeah. you are a natural but that's like, an english was major though he wasn't right, an english right. major holy <laughs> shit but it's that like was street not not compared to well you know what dude i, I have a we can compare it to um eric b and rakim like just think of that, all right? The, that way, that kind of that flow, and then listen to this. Don't sweat the technique. Let's trace the hits and check the file. Let's see who bit the dot tech style. I flip the script so it can't get filed. At least not now. It'll take a while. I change the pace to complete the beat. I drop the bass to MCs, get weight for every road they trace is a scar they keep. It's when I speak. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's just it kind of yeah. off. Flow. It's so it's, jazzy. When was that recorded? So uh, jazzy. I'm not sure. Hang on. I, I thought that was up. like from the 90s or something. That fucking stand up bass. You can yeah, hear no, that. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah, it just it just flows better. It's you know it gets just a smoother sounding. That was ninety two. I was gonna say yeah. So that's a little later, but um, really interesting with him too is he was a big Coltrane fan. Sure. Yeah, and he said I want to rhyme the way Coltrane played the instruments. That's me. What a great way to think. 
You think about it. That's what rap is. It's a freestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Run DMC said they heard that song and they were like, we're fucked. We're done. Like we're oh, we're God. over. So. Oh, you're done. Yeah, yeah. But well, it was evolving by that point. It was yeah, like getting sure. So sure. It again. Was it was something different. A lot of these hip hop guys or DJs or whatever were using funk songs. We're using rock and roll songs. Basically, this guy used jazz. Yeah, you know. I don't even know if he it's it didn't even sound like he sampled anything. It sounded like they were in the studio recording. Yeah, yeah. that's another dude like I never listened to before. Like I, I know who he is. Yeah. And I, I just never listened to it. And then I went back and I was like, wow, it was really cool. That was a, I, the first time I've probably ever heard that in my life. It's fucking great. Because I was digging it, yeah. man. It was, um, yeah, really cool. Um, I mentioned Run DMC, man. Maybe we should just circle back. Dive and right into like those the, dudes. The, 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 uh, my Adidas. What, uh, they said the, the Beatles of hip hop. Are yeah. they, though? Are they? Um, like, you know, like that's our whole lives. Like Run DMC, Run DMC. I think they were the first... Mega pop band, yeah, MTV or, or mega rap band, yeah, yeah. Band. yeah. Every, yeah. I mean, they played Live Aid, like did they? Yes, they, they should. Mm-hmm. Yes, they played they the did. Philly. They, I guess they played you ever Philly. hear the song yeah. My Adidas? Yeah, yeah. it's it says, in there. I played Live Aid. My Adidas played Live Aid, and all this shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, we should probably uh, as we're talking about them too, man. Like uh, two people that are kind of behind the background of all this too is. Russell Simmons, sure, yes, and Rick Rubin, sure, and yes, Def Jam, and you really and all have that. to give it more up to Russell Williams, man. He he had he was the visionary. Russell Simmons, yes, Russell, Russell Simmons. Simmons. I'm sorry, guys, and which is Run's brother. Yes, right, yes, you know, and he had the vision. He he like or was the first one to hear LL Cool J. Yeah. And, and record LL Cool J. And Rick Rubin was a big part of it. Yeah, Rick Rubin, you know. Remember he just had like a huge taste like in music. Like a, he, he had just a diverse, was he yeah. was a guy in college recording. That's yeah. the only thing he knew do he just knew how to record things. And then he started doing the sampling thing. He's like, dude, I know a thousand Led Zeppelin songs. Right. I know you know, and look at that Beastie Boy album. They used before, every Zeppelin. Yeah, before it was like, before we, like we you had to start playing royalties, I guess it was. Yeah. There was no it was so fresh, it was like like uh right. it wasn't even illegal yet. But those guys, you know, to see a company more than just one group to see like Death Jam Records. Yeah. It was a it was a company, it just wasn't a group. Yeah. And it was all I mean, in run DMC too, like a lot of this earlier stuff that we talked about, the guys are in like Excuse me, they're in matching suits or, yeah, you know, like, yeah, they the look, jogging suit, yeah. Yeah, it's they look coming, at band, yeah. When right, they first came out, they, they looked like super fly. Right. They well, look, it's also like, it's also more, more street red, yeah. right? They're not in a suit. It's not the carryover from the disco shit. Like these other, you know, a couple other artists were like, yo, man, we're all looking for the, looking up to the nines. We're all dressed mm-hmm. up. And here come these dudes wearing the shit that they, they wore, wore on, on the, the street. street. Right. But yeah. that shit on the street costs a lot of money. Though, right. Yeah, all those sure. Suits that they it, were gave, wearing. it gave instant, like, if I think of those Adidas's and the big gold chains yeah. and the, gla- like, if I took a silhouette of those three guys with the Kangol hats you on shit, like, you know who it is right away. Right away. There's yeah. like, like Adidas, I forget where, where they're actually located. They're like, you know, we need all this new stuff because this thing, this thing called rap, is going on over in America, and this band run DMC is starting to wear your stuff. And they send somebody over, like, what's right. going on they're over the here? First, they're the first people outside of like an athlete to get an endorsement yeah. deal. They yeah. had a deal with Adidas. Yeah, what it was amazing. like they just, you know, they they just took all of this shit and made it like street cred and everything else. It was interesting. Like there was, an I got my Adidas on right now. There you go, right, oh, on. right on. You could be in Run DMC too. Right. I think it was my goal. 
I love like um and they said like after they cut the first couple tracks it was uh and and they they sent it back to Russell Simmons and the producers were like all right cool man we'll go back and add the drums and the uh, the guitars and Russell Simmons was like don't you fucking touch that like yeah. no dude this needs like no drums no guitars it just got the scratch over it and that's it and then it came out and all the other artists were like what the fuck is this yeah. like it's just I mean, Jam Master J was that, yeah. Jam Master J was you know just as you know experimental as Grandmaster Flash right you know all, look at the songs that he found the beast on his records yeah. right yeah, and I, 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 he's like very highly respected. Like he 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 totally yeah. is. God rest his soul. Yeah. Um. He's he's one of the original guys that came up with Fifty Cent. Yeah. 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 The um and the awesome stuff. So I I read a little bit around like the making of Walk This Way. He said like you know, and other artists were like were sampling that song. That yeah, everyone knows that the riff. But Rick Rubin was like, no man, you don't you don't sample the song completely remake like just redo it yeah. with you as the sing like just sing it and they like the guys they I, I quoted it he's like i listened to the lyrics and said this is some fucking hillbilly gibberish <laughs> this is some fucking moonshine country bumpkin bullshit i'm not doing it and he said like and they finally were like all right dude just trust us just record it yeah. and recorded it the guys around the mcu like all right we did it don't you dare put that fucking song out like, don't do it. And then it made him huge, and he was like, all right, we were wrong, and yeah. that made us rich. I mean, it was huge. It was like um, crossing over, as they say. Yeah. It was like cro- MTV broke Run DMC, but once they joined up with Aerosmith, especially yeah. the video, uh, dude, I just remember it always being on. Well, he said, like, you know, Steven Tyler crashing through the wall. Yeah. Well, he said, one part, like, they weren't. Um, like the sample stuff, like Rick Rubin called one of the guys in Run DMC and was like, yo, man, listen to this. And he was playing it and he was like, okay, cool. Like, that's a sample. And he's like, no, nah, man, Steven Tyler yeah. and Joe Perry are standing right next to yeah. me. Play, like, they're down. Let's do it. And, yeah. that's, and I think that's my first exposure to Aerosmith. In the, in the yeah, book, me too. In the Abs- book, yeah. Walk This Way, um, they talk about how they went in for that recording s- studio and Steven Tyler was such a junkie. You know, he he would get, walk into a room and try to figure out who's got drugs or not, you know. <laughs> so right. he walks in that room and he's like, all right, what's going on? He sees Run, um, DMC, and Jam Master J circled around a table. And they're like, oh, this is where the party's at. <laughs> this is where the truck's going. Right. So he, he walks up to the table. And they're eating McDonald's, <laughs> like like they're like uh, eating like like they're in jail, like yeah, you no, know, right. don't you eat my food? I'm right. eating my food, kind of thing. And he was like, it was like unbelievable. He's like nobody did drugs, nobody did anything. It was like the most simple recording session there was. They even like you said they added guitar to it with Joe Perry. They brought him in from the studio. Because I know the original version, like back of my hand you right. hear the run dmc version you know it's a whole other song yeah sure but also like doug you said it it um it, it's the crossover and it introduced run dmc to a bunch of people but also bro- introduced aerosmith yeah. to a whole lot of their, like it's all it's oh, all coming yeah. together yeah, right like you, you guys said that it was the first time you so it's like, so like about like yeah. 86 so about 10 years old yeah, yeah and I mean, then like ragdoll came out yeah. mm-hmm. and dude looks perfect like a lady yeah it was perfect timing yeah, yeah. Totally and perfect it, it helped Aerosmith out just as much as it helped out Run DMC. Yeah. Like for another generation, just for that song yeah. alone. Like, you yeah. know, they they can't play a show without it. They sure. have to play. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, uh, we got to play some Run DMC, man. Here's a, it's like that you had on the playlist. Yes. That's that's also the cadence. That's what I was sure. talking about the earlier yeah. stuff. I yeah. I mean, I think they're talking about being oppressed, kind of in the in that song. You know, like th- you know, they're the ones in charge now, right? I don't know. Yeah, they never solved his murder either, did they? They did. Oh, did they? About a year ago, they found the guy who shot him. They shot. Yeah, it they- seemed like Jam Master Jay owed people money. Oh really? He borrowed money from the wrong people. He didn't pay back. And he gets like, and he was like, people he was saying that he, this community. Yeah, yeah, but people say that he was involved in the drug world and this and that. He, he got killed. Yeah, he got killed he, owing like, somebody money. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So yeah, I, didn't I think know. he took money to like build his studio up more. Hmm. And and he was doing great things in that studio. Like I said, he came up with Fifty Cent. Yeah, that was his project. People say. Oh, he was shot because of 50 Cent before someone wanted to go in and steal the master tapes. And he was there and he got killed, in, which mm. probably is all bullshit. Yeah, shot in the studio, right? He got yeah. shot in the studio and they said they were looking for the 50 Cent album before it came out. Yeah. Who, do, who knows? Yeah. You know, honestly, this sounds, it doesn't sound too like, far-fetched from the world. Yeah. Like, like he wanted to bootleg the album kind of thing. That farmer bro douchebag that had the, uh, the Wu-Tang... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Album. He just got out of jail uh, last a, week or something. He didn't did do it, that much time. Did a, pile, did a pile of money come pick him up from jail? It should have. Right? Christ. The, the warden came and got him. No. We go, um, Rob. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, another band, too. So his run DMC is like crossing over. I think Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons looked at the music scene and was like, there's an opportunity for a band that's kind of like hip hop and rock and roll, and it's the Beastie Boys. Right. Yes. And maybe they started as a punk band, but then they they right. got into this like this is New York, man, and it's just everywhere. And they loved it, and they they got involved with it. They were you know, but they were really good at it right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like they they sucked. They had street credit, you know. They spit rhymes, and it was like, who could touch those guys? Even in, later in their career, they had such a unique sound three of them together that's Even what that, i mean that last yeah. album that came out before they passed away you know like intergalactic like it's always they had good. one after that oh did they yeah it is fantastic i, I, I can't remember for the life of me we, but it's saw, we saw them on the intergalactic tour it's fucking, it, it was the roughest show i've ever been at yeah it was the scariest moment yeah during the during the concert mm-hmm. it was during sabotage i don't think get like um i don't think it overlooked because they're like three white dudes yeah, you know, like you hear that argument sometimes. Like it's coming up now with like Eminem being in the Rock and Roll Hall right. Like you know, like, there's but, a there's a. But where they started at to where they're at now, or where their career kind of like, and who knows what they're going to do next? Probably nothing. Yeah. Hopefully they do something. But it's kind of silly compared to what they were, what they wind up doing, like from Paul's Boutique. Like yeah, you know, it was sure. like it was yeah. so gimmicky is what I'm trying to get at. You know, they were they were all gimmick. And you had. The the one with the red hat and yeah, yeah. You, know, you had MCA with the leather jacket and the white 
thing, and then you had the other clown with the clock around his 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 neck. They were clowns. That's all they were. Right. But they said that they, you know, we're playing like Ryan said, we're playing a part. Like they're per- they just recently came out there in their documentary and said this. Like we were playing parts. You know what I mean? Like those bros. Yeah, like, we're sure. All, like doing like that yeah. college thing. And um, they just recently said, like, you know, we really want to take back, like, the song Girls. We didn't mean to disrespect women in that way. And this, I'm like, yeah, sure you didn't. Yeah, it's did. all nice to say that now because you're super successful. Right. And there's there's so much controversial about License the Ill. Yeah. Like, it still never got complete royalties. It's, like, one of the most sampled albums yeah. ever. Hmm. But for, but the Beastie Boys came, became from starting from their beginning to the actual serious musicians that they became. And it became pretty remarkable. And shot Def Jam into outer space. Absolutely. Like, they were huge. Um, not only was the, the Beastie Boys what they discovered um, in New York City, let's go back a little bit before the Beastie Boys. Sure. You know, uh, Russell Simmons I mean, discovered LL Cool J. Yeah. And LL Cool J was the first, like, sexy man rapper. And, you know, like he, and he was only, like, 19 years old when he came out. Yeah, he, he, he might even look younger than that. He heard, like, another, he heard uh, Tila Rock and Jazzy J. And I guess they said when they printed it, it actually had uh, Rick Rubin's phone number on the record. Like, Jeff Jam Records, produced by Rick Rubin and his phone number. And he said he called Rick Rubin every day. Like, did you play my demo? Did you play my mm-hmm. demo? Did you play my, and he finally was, like. Played it for Russell Simmons, and that's yeah. Let's hear Russell's history. All right, a little LL Cool J. What do we got on here? I can't live without my radio. Dude, they put him in the Hall of Fame, and hell yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. You always said that. Hell yeah, yeah. he should be in the Hall Look at what we just listened to. Listen to how rough he sounds. Yeah. I was always like very disagreeable about that, but then when we were talking about another show, I think we were in the Hall of Fame show, and Ryan's like, play this fucking song. And I'm like, okay, you may, you may be right, you know. He had a hell of a career. Like, he's been around since like 19, maybe He was that. the first MTV yeah. rap star. Yeah. Right, he was good looking. He's built. He, yeah, yeah. Know, he, he had some other like going back. I'm gonna knock, was Mama knock huge... you out. Was like edgy. Yeah, and then, like round the way yeah. girl was like yeah. like a summertime. I'm song. this type of guy. I'm yeah, that yeah. type of like, guy. Yeah. Or, but um, that was his huge like, on coming to, to the scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's also a great um example of like the drum machine and all this the shit too. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. like huge. And again, here we are. Technology's picking up, so you yeah. don't need to keep on sampling the Dude. same old like records. The bass is unbelievable. We, how many times did we ever get to hear these songs through a headset? Never, never. Right. I never. And have. we're we're like, holy shit! You hear it, and you're like, man, you hear it in a club. Imagine hearing it in a club with a bass f- f- amp. Just right. Yeah, bumping it in your chest. I think Africa Bombada was one of the first guys that was like using the drum machine, or I think it was him. They said, or like they would sample it down to like one note 
And so, mm-hmm. like, he would make, he's like, I'm they, making my own shit. Like, where'd you get exactly. this, like, a snare drum? Yeah. There's one beat, yeah. and he would just blah, 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 and make his own, his but that's, own sound. You, know, you don't have to pay any royalties to anybody. You're not sampling right. from anything. You know, because that's when everything starts changing, where I think it, it did go to Congress, and it did, like, they made a decision, right. like, this is kind of like ripping off of music. And you don't need a drum set. No. All you need is a little box. They, talk, right. they talked about in hip-hop evolution about this particular drum machine that was like every hip every hip-hop company every like that used this the same one, beat same i forget one. what it was what model it was like it a was. yamaha or something like that it knows some crazy, i don't know some, some name some yeah. crazy thing so it was a big huge machine gotcha you know and somebody figured out how to use it yeah really really cool man yeah oh cool j still uh, he's still he just, on, just he's got, on television. Just he's got a, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I can't believe yeah. he's still around. Like he he's got the Kenny around. Award. He got the Kenny Awards thing. Yeah, music. like it's he's a treasure, bro. Hey, he I'll say I, I was wrong. What he did went I, into what acting I know? and other stuff. Yeah, he was a crazy motherfucker, though. I like it. You know, I think that makes like, me he, like him even more. Like any given Sunday, I heard he was like he's like a character actor. He's like getting fucking fight with real fights with like Jamie Fox. Yeah, I don't think I I don't. Yeah, I don't remember when we did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He wasn't on my list to get in out yeah, of yeah. all like people that were nominated. But I, I have no gripe with. They didn't. They put him in like honorarily. Yeah, kind of like what they did like as, they, kind of yeah. we just did with Judas Priest, yeah, yeah. or like how they're doing with like they did with Randy Rhodes. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So Judas Priest didn't get in. They just got a a. a, a they're like an honorary. Oh, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah, that is bullshit. Right, it's him and not Maiden. Right? Yeah, you're yeah, right. Okay. It's Judas okay. Priest. Sorry, I don't mean to confuse oh, okay, the two okay. of them. Right, right, yeah, right. Maiden hasn't gotten but, in yet. But no, that's still bullshit. It's still bullshit. But yeah, going back to um, LL. Luscious Lover Cool J. <laughs> Is that what it's it's so, yeah, it's so, yeah, so that. 80s sounding, but, but can't it's just you see, awesome. Can't you like see him saying that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, look <laughs> at his lips. It's speaking of smooth... You know who's another guy that um, I never I never listened to before doing this research for the show, but I knew who he was. And that was Big Daddy Kane. Sure, and people love him, man. They yeah, loved dude, him. He was like Gerald Levert, like kind of smooth. He was he, he, like he Mister like, Lover Lover. So like Don Cornelius sounded, yeah. But he was kind of gangster though too. At the same time, I. I under I don't know anything about him. Yeah, under his name, I just wrote smooth. That's the only yeah. thing I wrote in yeah. my notes. So here's a little bit of yeah, Long Live the Kane. So that's obviously early in his career, I would imagine. Yeah, I think because, so. And it's amazing. You could tell if it's the 80s, the 90s, like the 70s, 80s, or 90s of what's going on in the music. It's like a, it's because everybody's not, I don't want to say everybody's kind of doing the same thing because they're not, but you could tell the time period. Like, great. I, like, I know, you know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. And this is my favorite time of hip hop. Gotcha. You know, like this, this era of uh, it takes two take, yes. to do a thing, come right. Uh, that has the same kind of feel, like the, the bass, the drum. That's a really yeah. good point because but, there, there is. I'm sorry, go ahead. But like, meaning, like, yeah, I think that might be a little. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but just like being a listener, like, you know what I mean, I'll be the first one to always say I don't I'm know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, promo commercial. But it's just like 
you know, when he goes great, because it's like the aha, aha, like, you know, like, and when the two goes, make two things, uh, think can go right, it's a, that has to be a little bit later. That's like 86. This has to be like 80, like three, 82, 83. Look, this look, is, I'll look it up yeah. when it came out. I'm just curious. I don't mean to break off from our conversation. No, dude. No, it's a great point. Um, I, I, dude, I totally agree, man. Like, hip hop is one of the things, uh, 88 is when the song that came song out. came out in 88? Yeah. Wow, that's really easy. Debut album, 1988. That sounds like, that time, you think so? Sound, yeah, because I think it sounds like the like the that, Sugar Hill Gang. No, like, it sounds like, like kind of like that era. No, okay, it sounds well, like I, to I retract me, my statement. Then just think I don't about know. just think about the movie House Party. I get, I guess so. That is like the basic yeah. beat to every song that they play in the movie House but, Party. But, but I'm talking about vocal style. Yeah, his I mean, vocal style was something different at the time. It because, was but basic, it was, in my it was opinion, tough. it was already it was. I will give you that. But like just the way that he. Like the, the like, I'm Tony the Tiger. I'm great. Like that, in my opinion, is a little dated, even for '88. That's sure. like some Sugar Hill Gang. Like no, but, but again, I said it. I don't know what I'm talking but, yeah, about. But, but, but I have a friend, Frank McBride. I'm giving him a hardcore shout out. We had a conversation. He said Big Daddy Kane is one of the most important people in rap music. Sure. Just just listen to the bass in his voice, mm-hmm. you know, and so many people reco- you know, recognize his voice. It's so recognizable. But is his lyrics that good compared to like other, you know, but this it's the times. I hear you. Yeah, they said it like, you. that, you know, he'd wear like the suit and just was the good looking dude and had like the girls in the videos. And but does that take over from the actual art of I don't know, man. You know like, I mean, I mean like, he, but it's also like he's. I guess his shtick or his angle or what he's remembered of is kind of like he was like sexy, exactly. But he was no, like, but yeah, not, the, but but he was not, a big dude too, man. Like he was a like big not, looking dude. He had this Godfather thing, exactly. Going for him. Yeah. yeah, like even like Stogie the name, like, in hand, um, big gold chain suit, hair looking fly, right? You know, mm-hmm. but and, even like Big Daddy. I mean, that's like a yeah. yeah. There, there's some there's some swag or some swinging yeah, yeah. dick yeah. to that. I'm yeah, saying yeah. I'm saying he's maybe one of the first like. Pimp, like Don, well, yeah, like I, that Don character. I don't know. I know NWA did something different before this, but at the time, I think I thought it was something different. Where's Daddy came from? Is he from the? Is he from New York or is he from? Um, the I can West tell you. I, I said I, I didn't. I don't have a lot of notes on him. Let me, let me look. I bet Probably he's from California. You think? Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, because they, you know we didn't even cross over to like. The yeah, way. we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. We will. He's from New York. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, that goes I, off his persona. Be like, you look at guys like I said, saying. he yeah. he's this godfather. Yeah, it, you know, thing around him, and that's the persona that I always got for Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. That he was this godfather, criminal kind of mastermind. Yes. Rolling Stone says he's the master wordsmith of rap's late golden age and a huge influence on a generation of MCs. That's probably his the- song "Ain't No Half Steppin'" is listed number twenty-five of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. He also that's probably the, that's probably the smartest thing Rolling Stone ever said. That's he also the classic age. They never say last- anything smart. But he also was good friends with, with uh, Biz Marquis. Biz Marquis? Yeah, yeah. Love Biz. Yeah, but he was a huge producer, Biz. He yeah. was on he a has, lot of records. He, was, he did a lot of shit, man. He, he did a lot did of shit. He did a lot of stuff, yeah. Up until he died, he was recording. Big Daddy Kane. Uh, Jay-Z toured with Big Daddy Kane. Sure. Not, not Kane didn't tour with Jay-Z. Jay-Z toured with him. Well, he was, yeah, when he was coming up. Uh, he was in the movie Posse. He was in Meteor Man. He was in Madonna's book Sex. Uh, he recorded MC he Hammer, Tupac. Um, 
Yeah, man. KRS he's he's in respect. He's an OG. He was honored during VH1's Hip Hop Honors, uh, recorded with Con uh, Common. He was in Dave Chappelle's Block Party. He's obviously highly respected. That's like our friend Frank yeah. McBride said. Yeah. He's one of the most important guys in hip hop, and I kind of didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Right now, all these years later, we're doing a show. I know what he's talking about. Yeah, I got, done, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised. I don't know. I'm surprised. He's done. You know, shit I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Wu Tang, Rakim, Q Tip, Buster Rhymes. All right, I I didn't make a note. Like I need to go back and like, Ice Cube, Jay Z. I, I gotta go back and listen to him. He's worked with everybody. Some more of his stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, How about uh, that? So it's funny. You know, like Wikipedia's got the little like. uh you have the little numbers that the little footnotes next yeah. to it. And there's a, like, it just says Big Daddy Kane is regarded as one of the most influential and skilled rappers. And then there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen footnotes right after that. Like <laughs> right. all citing different sources. That's awesome. Like, yes, dude, right, he was, you know, debated pals. Uh, he, MTV said he's the seventh greatest rapper of all time. Wow. Hey, what do I know? Yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Big Daddy, yo, well, we just listened to his song and it, and it was, it took me back, and I it, that whole I think the time period of when like eighty eight. I thought that's when the best of what rap music was. Yeah. All right, let's let's make a let's find out the album that is supposed to be the best, and let's make that one of our homework assignments. Let's check it out and cool. circle back and talk about it sometime. That'd be you know I'm I'm down. It sounds like this is just a part of music that I just I missed. Mm-hmm. Right, I, didn't, I just, I just didn't because it was on MTV all the time. That's why I know about it. Yeah. All right, right on, man. And one person that we kind of we skipped over and we didn't talk about was Curtis Blow, and we gotta we gotta skip back and go back to him. So Curtis Blow was also a big deal because he was the first rapper to ever get signed to a major record label, and um, he had the first like gold record ever that was a hip hop <laughs> artist. Really? And um, wow. But his music was about like Christmas. He wrote a Christmas song. Yes. Yes. Which is just weird. And he was in this like um you see the video of it. He's in like a like a tweed suit and he's kind of like doing this like But they just- were saying that was one of the original raps was him Curtis Blow doing the Christmas song. Yeah, which is like also and some record executive that's probably doesn't celebrate Christmas is like, oh, they we, said just, they we gotta it, get this rap they, thing and make a Christmas. No, they said they did it for around, themselves. And it was being played around the year. Like all yeah, year really. was it like wasn't such a, a Christmas big, song. It just Talked about Christmas for first verse. Yeah, I'll play it. But it's also kind of like where that waitress song, Christmas rapping, comes from. Okay. 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 Here you it was go. the night before Christmas. And all through the Hold house. it now, wait. Hold it. That's played out. Hit it. Don't you give me all that jive about things you wrote before I was alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Gonna shake it, gonna bake it, gonna make it good, gonna rock shop. That's awesome. I've never heard That's that before like in my life. I've never heard it either. Yeah. When I'm, I was doing the homework for this episode on watching the evolution of hip hop, this was one of the things they yeah. talked about. And it's a Christmas song? When it came it, out. Yeah. But it wasn't like a company it just, did it. He did it by himself, like right. as a as a bullshit thing to give right. to his friends. Right. You know, like, or it's just something to play. But it listen to have, okay, it started out what Christmas, but then it jumps to this hip hop beat. Mm-hmm. And then he was like scatting. Yeah, I recognize the yeah. music, like the the hook or the mm-hmm. riff that he was playing. I recognize that. Like I've heard that a million times. 
It was um, yeah, really cool. But it's also like I know we said we're the, we're not going in like right, any right, sort of timeline right. here. We're going back before. It's hard to you know put timeline through this. We're we're such fans of all hip hop. We're just trying to do a hip hop show. We can sit here for like the next three episodes and talk about hip hop. But you know. Right, no, a couple times, like, even as things... So that song came out in 79, so we're going back, back like, yeah, way, yeah. way the beginning. Like, like you mentioned, because I never heard it before. I didn't know it was the first gold album, like, yeah, the first hip-hop gold album. First, yeah, yeah, it brought up, yeah. Yeah, it was a Christmas song first, and then became this huge dance anthem. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying, like, covering stuff. I mean, even as this stuff is playing, you know, we're, we're talking about what we're going to talk about next, and we're like, we could... What about this? What about that? What are, like we could we could this could be a two part show. This could be you could do a whole goddamn podcast on the prisoners of rap. Yeah. The prisoners of rock and roll. Yeah, right. So you know, there's Have a lot a spin of spin off. We'll get a couple of guys. We'll get, <laughs> right. we'll get royalties from right. those guys. My, my wife would love that if I had to come down here <laughs> twice. No, no, we get other guys to do, it, and then we oh. just we'd be producers on oh, it. Kind of like Wu Tang has like their affiliates. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we start collecting from them, them on tour. Yeah, Rick Kwan and those dudes <laughs> right. home. Right, you'd have like Owens and yeah, like, yeah, Owens yeah, or like yeah. Omar, and yeah. all like the second tier, second tier people on the show. Um, you know, I, well, speaking of like talking about things in um, while music was playing, uh, Ryan, you had a great point. You're like, we got to talk about Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. I think it's one of the most known beginnings. I'm, right, I'm. Let's just play it right off right, the bat. Here you go. I'm sorry, guys. I think that's the best hip hop song ever. Oh, absolutely. I was sitting here thinking, like, I never listened to this music in my life growing up, but I've always liked this song. Yeah. It's, I've it's always a, liked it. Dude, it has such an edge to it. It does. Just that drum, you, just you that know? bass drum, like, doom, It was you know? the opening of Yo! MTV Raps that, every that's day. Also, yeah. but it's also that's also true. But, dude, just by itself as a song, it's like one of the greatest hip hop songs ever. It's also just in like, the beginning. Yeah. We were sitting here, I went, went boom. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it's also like, it's just good time music, right? It's just like, it just, just party. I want to rock. What's more friendly right. than I want to rock. rock right now? Right, right. Yeah. Friendly's a great, like, um, like Will Smith is friendly, but it, this is like, like, more, like, I don't, I'm, like, yeah, edgier. I, it's, like, it's way edgier. Right? Like, edgier. I think, I think it's uh, had to be a lot smarter to do what they were doing than saying fuck all the time. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, yeah, you yeah, sure. That on TV either, sure. You know? Yeah. Like they do say, "I like the Whopper." Fuck the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. They say in the song, but they it's always been bleeped out the whole. Yeah. My whole mm-hmm. life, it, it's part of the song. It's bleeped out. I never even noticed. And yeah. uh, like again, this is the first time I'm listening. Probably one of these very nice headphones. headphones. On. Is that James Brown? The Who? Yeah. I, I don't know. Who? Yeah. I think it might I don't know. Be. could be. I remember reading it before. Like yeah. you know, all the a lot of these guys used a lot of Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, that sounds funky to me. So it's maybe, just the, maybe yeah, it's just the, the woot and the yeah. Like yeah. that's what I'm but talking imagine, about. But imagine like just using those parts and spinning it back real fast. Yeah, so you could do it. Woo, yeah, woo, yeah, 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 woo. And you have a million yeah. other things going on. 
Yeah, no, it's really cool. No, that's like, a great song. When I think of '80s like hip hop, yeah, that's, that's, song that's, that's it. Because that was yeah. always playing at every school dance I went Dude, to. Dude, I come on still... the bar, man, and I'm like, this fucking song's great. It, I don't care how let's go. Let's yeah. go. We're ready yeah. to get, throw it out. Right? It's it's date. I mean, you hear it. And you like like Doug. You said like hip hop is one of those things. Like when I hear a song, I can generally tell you within five years when it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it, there's like this, these, these yeah. breaks where. Rock and roll doesn't do that. No, for, for you know, of uh, course, for, there's, there's you some can tell 90s shit. Of course, and, yeah, yeah, seventies, eighties, and all that. Right, of course, there's some shit, but like hip hop does kind of fall in those buckets. But that's just a fu- that, regardless of how dated that sounds, Dude, that's hear, a fucking rock and roll. It's always you hear it at sporting events. Yeah, yeah. you hear it on commercials. Yeah, you said you it's play everywhere. Play it in the bar. You play but it the on thing, the Cuskers. On the a thing with hip hop, like you know, it's so young compared to like other music. Like it evolved. Like we in our lifetime, we've seen hip hop evolve. That's another great point. Yeah. I mean, so like when we talked about the fifties last week, right? It was like, you know, the kids losing their shit or um even Sinatra, right? You said like the, Bobby they, the kids went crazy and Tommy Dorsey goes, What the fuck is go what the fuck is that? Like this is changing everything, but we're alive. Like right. we the three of us are old enough to like we saw it. And we're old we enough now we hear shit now like what the fuck is this? Right. Like you know but, right. you know, you you look back and said, Wow, this was really really important yeah. music. And I uh, music, I sit, not I, rap yeah, yeah. music. Just I sit music. back and I'm like, right. how did I miss this? But I I knew where I was in that point in life. You know what I mean? Like I just missed it. it wasn't on my radar. I right. wasn't interested I was right. watching it. And yeah. you can also only I mean, you can only listen to so much shit, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not professional no. critics, and I always had good taste. I can't help it. <laughs> right. All right, so maybe we're at the point, man. So we talked a lot about like the party stuff, and we talked about some of the more serious stuff, and uh, maybe we would take a break here, and then maybe we'll come back, and we got a couple artists who are like um, they start realizing that hip hop music can also be used to deliver a message. We talked a little bit about it with. Uh, the Furious Five, the Fabulous yeah. Five, and Grandmaster Flash. Sure, we talked a, a little bit about took it a lot further. Right, we talked a little bit about Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five, giving that insight in with the message. But there's a couple artists that we're going to talk about that came out of this era that really, really took it to the next level. So, mm-hmm. all right, we'll take a break and we'll come back. Stick around, right? You know what, man? What, dude? Socks are like tattoos. Psychologists. Mm-hmm. And divorce attorneys. Okay, because good ones ain't cheap, and cheap ones ain't good. You know, that's brilliant. You said look that. At, look at the, the tattoo that the warden has on his forearm. So. Which is the warden is getting a new tattoo. Is he? Yes, at Street Road Tattoos. Awesome. Yes, well, he, so, it's a cover-up job, but he's going to look so good, the ladies are going to love him. Uh, well, you know, he'd also look good if he was wearing a pair of really nice socks, which is why I am so excited that Prisoners of Rock and Roll is now sponsored by our friends at Boldfoot Socks. Uh, dude, I, I love Boldfoot Socks because they are comfortable and they look good. They look good. Do you think the Red Hot Chili Peppers know about their socks? They should. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. Maybe yes. that'll be. Maybe we'll have to recreate that, and then we would not be have like a them. promo. <laughs> we wouldn't have them as a sponsor anymore. <laughs> but uh, I've said on the show a few times that I just, you know, like I like musicians who are good people. Yes, and I feel the same way about companies I do business with. And Boldfoot Socks are made in America. They're veteran-owned, and they give 5% of all of their products to veteran charities. I, you can't. Oh, that sounds can't wonderful, it, right? man. I mean, I post a picture on our social media of the, the pair I'm wearing right now, but me posting a picture of my feet on our social media page <laughs> is, a little, is a little weird, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, instead, you can go to boldfoot.com and learn some more. Yeah, man. I'm going to get a pair for myself. Right on. Let's give a shout-out to that guy. What's his name? 
uh, Josh Law. Yeah, Josh. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, and he's also a fan. So go to boldfoot.com. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So, 
you know, all right, so we talked a lot about like the party music and all the other kind of stuff that's been going on in this early age of hip hop and all this amazing music. But there's also a bunch of artists who decided to realize that hip hop music is also a way to make a point and, uh, Make a political point, make a social point. We talked a little bit about it, right, with the song The Message yeah, by Grandmaster yeah. Flash. But there's a couple of artists that that was like their bag. Yeah. Right? And the first one, this is my my personal favorite hip-hop act, is Public Enemy. Sure. Yes. I, I love Public Enemy, man. I'm yeah. just, I've always been down with Chuck D. I just... Because uh, he's, he's an intellectual. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's definitely an intellectual. He's definitely They're like... Too- there are two different sides of the flavor. Flav and him are two different yeah, yeah. sides of a coin, which bro, is right? yeah. which is just here's awesome. this like this educated, well spoken, unbelievable right. person as a MC, and then you got a clown. Right, y'all got to stay in school. You got to get educated in flavor. Flavor stealing yeah, the rims, boy. right? Stealing the rims off your is, car. Is, is, yeah, is flavor flavor like the first like uh, what are they call hype man? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Pretty, I, I don't know. He's, a first, he's the first court jester, basically. Something something else I read um, was really great. It was like they are the Clash and Run DMC put together. Yes. Like yeah. the music yes. and the political. I yeah. was like, dude, fucking spot and on. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like Public Enemy was kind of like the Clash and the Sex Pistols and whatever. They were meaning, tough. Meaning that they Holy were shit. trying to make you think about something else rather than having a good time. Oh, yeah. my God. Like the, in the, uh, you know, I was listening to Fight the Power driving over here when he's like, you know, uh, Elvis is a racist, yeah, yeah. and and none of my you know uh, none of my heroes are on stamps. Just a bunch of rednecks, and it's like, yeah. damn, yeah. like you know, there's like, some heavy shit. Yeah, yeah, still heavy shit. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think he's being racist. I think he's being like, yo, dude, this is mm-hmm. like a different no, culture. I mean, it was and, on, and where the fuck is that? It was Where's on MTV ours? every day. Elvis, none right. of it, I mean, going back to. What was it? What was this? That huge song they had going back to Atlanta or going? Oh, oh miss uh, on my way back to Arizona. Yeah, yeah, on my way back to Arizona. And they got banned in Arizona. Yeah, and then they opened up for U two in Arizona. Yeah, it is. I mean, like nine one one's a joke. You know, like uh, yeah, uh, you know, I all that shit, man. Fight I mean, even the, the power. Yeah, and even yeah. all the stuff that they did. I mean, the stuff that Public Enemy that Chuck D did, man, with um, uh, shit. The guys from Rage Against the Machine and Be Real. Yeah. Prophets of Rage. Prophets Dude, it, of was, rage. it was great. I yeah. said this a couple of times, man. It was awesome. It was edgy and it was still sure. political. Yeah, and- he's definitely one of my favorite MCs. Yeah, mine too. You know, mine holy too. shit. He has yeah, the we- most to say. At that point in our lives, he had the most to say. He has. He was the most yeah. intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. He, let's hear uh, You got some public, public enemy, enemy number one. Yeah, let's hear that. Hear the drummer get wicked. What goes on? Dude, they were awesome. I love his voice. I love the the tone of his voice. But how the they cadence. evolved from that to fight the power. Yeah, they evolved. Like they had like, a great DJ backing them up. Terminator X. X. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he but was just awesome. But just even Chuck D, the way that he presented himself from that. He's so to, smart. Like, he's he to when his, they fucking blew his, up. Um, his he had like a solo album came out in like the late nineties and he was just like ripping everything about a hip hop around him. He's like, I don't sing about how many cars I have. Like, yeah, no. I, he's like, my wealth is in my mind. Sure. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like, Dude, I just, I just been down with everything he's yeah, ever yeah. said, even yeah, knowing that I'm always. like, 
I'm the. He's I'm like one of those dudes. He has something to say. Kind of like, oh, what's Chuck saying? I want to hear what he has I to would, say. If he, yeah. I'm sure he wrote a book somewhere. He didn't write an autobiography, but he did write a book called "This Day in Hip Hop and Rap History." Mm-hmm. So he wrote kind of like a, a historian. Like, yeah, I, I totally would. I would read that. I would, uh, shit, I, I wish Chuck wrote a book. I wish, would, read I wish he would write like political Bi- essays or you yeah. know like Henry Rollins, like write an article for the L.A. Times. I would just do what like Henry a, does. I would just like him write a, an autobiography. Yeah, yeah just, about how he grew up and why is he so like? How did he get so political? Yeah, yeah. Was it his parents? Was it the school? Was it him getting beat up at school that did it? Yeah, you know, there's there's so many questions about Chuck D. I have, and a lot of that shit, man. Like a lot of just music artists in general, man. That that bring their power. Like people, people bitch all the right. Either you you hate Springsteen because he talks about his liberal views, or you hate Ted Nugent because you talk about his conservative views. And I was kind of like, dude, I. I'm down with anybody like you're you're using your your music and your art to make a point, mm-hmm. right? Even if I don't agree with what you're saying, a like, lot a lot of rap songs were party songs. Right. At Public Enemy was a thinking thing. Sure. Right. They made people think a it wasn't bit like a dance yeah. kind of thing. It was more of a Right. Let's think about what yeah. the fuck we're doing. And it's just as just as dangerous as punk rock. It like, was. Yes. So, it was just as dangerous. Remember they had the militant group on stage with them? Yeah. Yeah. And they would like do like military style. Yeah, like Terminator like, ter- X and all the guys with uh, them. Yeah, the, progress- and Professor per- Griff. Professor Griff. Yeah. And he didn't do anything in band except choreograph those dudes. They yeah. looked like bad bodyguards. Yeah. Th- that's yeah. basically what it was. I- I've heard stories like at shows, like people jump on stage and those dudes just tune them up. <laughs> they would jump on stage. Yeah, I ain't jumping on stage at a public enemy show. Yeah. I'm-, I'm afraid of Flavor Flav. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid afraid gonna stick me with something. He is known to be on drugs for like his oh, whole yeah, life. Sure. He, right. was- he was famously on MTV with Chuck D and they're doing a live rap on like an afternoon show. And Flavor Flav jumps in to do his thing, and his bag of fucking crack comes flying out. Of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and then the guys at MTV were like, oh, they picked it up. And derp. once it was over, it's like Chuck D almost killed him. Yeah. I'm sure. It's like, what's wrong? Oh, man. All right. So I think that's it on Public Enemy. Another, we got two other artists on here that are like socially conscious. And the other one is another one that I really, really like is Tribe. Yes. Tribe Called mm. Quest. They're so. Introvert man. Yeah, they were up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year. And I, 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 I should have. It's another band in. I never listened to in you my whole entire life. No, no, I know who they are, but no, I don't know enough. We've about seen them. them in concert. We did. They we, were yeah, they fucking were, all Q tips. The, the, the last, no, yeah. the last album that they came out with, uh, right after Fife Dog died, it's so fucking good, man. Mm. It was like I don't know, like Q tip is one of the greatest MCs. Underrated dude. He has a flow to him. He's yeah. like very mellow yeah. flow. He's a little bit of can I kick it. Did you really know what live was? Comprehend to the track force. Why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe buzz. Rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz. Wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug. If you feel the urge to freak, do the jitterbug. Come and spread your arms if you really need a hug. Afrocentric living is a big shrug. A life filled with, that's what I love. A lower plateau is what we're above. If you diss us, we won't even think of. We'll nip of the dog and give a big shove. You know like, the best thing about Tribe Called Quest is I know nothing about them having a parental advisory thing on no. their album. I think they were above that. That the, that one album, um, the Black, and the, I've been listening to that one. I forget the name of it, but it's like one of the best known rap albums ever. When the guy from Tribe Called Quest died, 
uh, Obama was still in in office. office, and the first lady took a picture with that album. That Low end theory. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like they were like the first lady and president were like, this album is so important to America. I, you know, that's the point I was going to make. Like this band was so culturally accepted by everybody. They're great. By everybody. They're just culturally acceptable. They're, they're just, there's a, anybody can identify with it. They were using jazz. Right. There's a smoothness. It's a mellowness. It chill everybody the fuck out. Like, I mean, and Q-tips like style is like that too. It's just, he's one of the greatest ever. Yeah, um, maybe I will dive in them a little bit more. Yeah, they're really, really but, good. Like they use like real instruments. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like yeah. that was, uh, you know, Wild Side being played in the yeah. background. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't a sample. It was a, somebody, somebody playing, playing the stand up bass. Yeah. And they also always had kind of like a cultural, ad, right? They're they're not like it's perfect timing. Hey like, y'all. So it's like the nineties, right? So like the coffee fucking shops going on, the friends yeah, is going yeah, yeah, on, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like you yeah. have like you know. Yep. So you had yeah, all that man. going on. So another, it's another. Uh, their debut album too was the first album to ever get like a uh, five star rating from the source. Mm. So it was like they said, "This isn't rap. This is perfection." Sure, mm. it's just, just really cool. Yeah, man, I could listen to anything. They should they, be, yeah, they should be in the rock and roll. They should be, yeah. They came up last year, twenty right, yeah. this year, and uh, they didn't get in. I was like, they absolutely should be. In. I would stand up and applaud if they put them in there. Yeah. You guys yeah. know what you're talking about. Finally, right? you guys are on the level. Right. All right, man. So the last one we're going to talk about, and that the last art, big artist that we're going to talk about at length was the one that we opened the show with, and that was N.W.A. Holy shit, man. Dude, Dude. talking about like rappers who just, like a rap artist who just changed everything. Who do you think is more important, Public Enemy or N.W.A.? I would, I would say Ice-T. Okay, I'll yeah, give you that. Ice, yeah. we, we didn't even talk about Ice. Yeah, maybe we'll yeah. do it real fast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we need to. I'm yeah. sorry, we do need to talk about Ice. Yeah, yeah. but like you um, know, you had Public Enemy talking about like political stuff, but you had NWA talking about life stuff. Like they were calling they, it reality rap. Yeah, you and know. it's all cube. You when it comes down to it, no, you know it was I mean? easy. Yeah, yeah it was easy. easy. It was easy's money. You know, no, no, no. But meaning like lyrically, you know, it's all cube. Yeah, but you had Dre. It was, a, the, 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 it was a perfect. Dre and Cube what a great band. Team. What a great band. I mean, there's Ren and Yellow. Yeah, yeah. Those guys did their. Ren is such a. Like a. His voice is deep and rough and tough. The ones that were singing about, like, the drugs and the poverty yeah. and. You know, Crack the, babies and shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, and West Coast rap music has always been different. You know, I gotta not, say, it, I always said, like, would, I'm a West Coast rap fan more than but the East Coast. Talk, I. West Coast rap things, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about because the fucking police don't fuck with me. I don't know what that's like. Mm. You know, I can never understand that because I'm right. a, a white dude. Right. You know, I don't, you know, that to have that frame of mind to think it's, it's a sin that they know what it feels like to feel like we're going to make a fucking song about it, you know? Like, you know, what's what's more of a big fuck you than fuck the police? Yeah. I don't know if I'm a West Coast or an East Coast. I guess it's my mood, mm-hmm. what I'm listening yeah, to. No, summertime, it's West Coast. Yeah, summertime, like, I, mean, I want to listen to Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I'm but, New York all the way. You, you, yeah. I'm New York all I, the way. But also, I like, I like the Wu-Tang a lot. Or I like sure. Nas. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah I'm, um, I, I mean, I love, 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 you know. Well, you also Snoop like Dog and right. the Chronic, right? But you also you know. love New York, late seventies, yes. early eighties, New York I love, City. I I think there's just an art form to live in New York City. Yeah, 
Dude, sure. You know, holy shit, you got to really ruin your life to live in New York City. Right. And this but is before, you, like, the Rodney King thing. This is before. Yeah, like, this is not. Right. It, was, very, it was before. It was, before but it, was, it was very close. Right. But when I remember when that Rodney King shit happened, I was like, holy shit, NWA was right. Like, right, right. off the, oh, I watched their videos, and I was like, wow, they really, really, and then when that happened, that's exactly what I thought was but, NWA right. was right. But that was like the exposure. It's like kind of like you know, this is that was our first experience, like in our lifetimes, so like prime time television. That like in fucking OJ, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, right. but like that was like huge. Like it's it, you're glued to the TV. Like you didn't see anything like the the, the level of violence and frustration and this and that. And this is the uh, right, this before, soundtrack. Before you saw that yeah. video, of Rodney yeah. King, like this is how you yeah. learned about police brutality yeah, yeah. and crack. Why don't and- we be? Bold and play a little bit of it. Oh, let's do let's it. Let's do it. We're edgy kind of dudes. We're gonna play fuck the police. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit, cause I ain't the one for a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. Fucking with me, cause I'm a teenager with a little bit of gold and a pager. Searching my car, looking for the product, thinking every nigga is selling narcotics. I remember hearing that as a kid, and it was like, "Holy shit, dude! I'm dangerous. scared right. of that. I'm scared of that." But you know, you know, being said, like you know, not all cops are bad. Not everything is bad. But you, saying, have, you have to say it though. But we're we're yeah, playing hear, the song. I, no, I hear you. But we, ha- you know, we are all law-abiding citizens. Yeah, and this sure. and that, and yeah. like you know, yeah, man, dude, they were just singing about everything around them, and people started, I, white people started listening to it. And then the government went batshit. This is where, like, yeah, because white tip- kids are going to the show, man, and this and that. Like, right. so it's going to the shows, and they're like, "This is something wrong here." Right. Well, there's kids because they're on MTV all the time. Yeah. they're in the suburbs now. Yes, they right. are. And then this is where the uh, the parental advisory labels come out, and Tipper Gore, and you know, we keep saying like it's on our list of show topics. To talk about the you know vulgarity in music and how the government's trying to suppress it and shit like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, dude, like this just exploded and oh, then the Rodney God. King riots happened. It's still taboo. This like that fuck the police is still taboo. Right. This was the music, man. It was much like maybe rock and roll and punk and the kids gravitate to something that's you know, I don't, I don't cut the out parents. the shock value of it either. Yeah. It, no, sure. They know what they're fucking doing. Sure. Like it's a shock value. Granted, they were talking from the heart. Fuck, dude, we're gonna fucking make a lot of money all yeah, this. Yeah, they sure. know what they're doing. Of they course. were just speaking the truth. They're like, if we expose like truth, of what they were like a newscast. Their NWA was like the the clash, you know, talking about things that they knew about things, poverty, and all this other shit. They knew what it's like growing up in South Central, but like. NW, like and they put South Central on the map. Oh yeah, absolutely. or Compton, or sure. Compton. Yeah, sure. you know. You, you don't know, want like, to go to Compton. I mean, I think Public Enemy's name comes from as an African American, we're Public Enemy number one, right? And and niggas with attitude is like it's it's kind of on the same side of the coin, right? Like it's it's a like, slang they're taking, thing. They're like, taking a different path to get there. You have like, like you have like two different frames of thinking. You have angry. You have two separate separate sides of the angry. Yeah. You have yeah, rational yeah, yeah. angry, and then you have like. Fucking like I'm gonna fucking burn the shit down, angry. You know what I mean? Right. We're sick of this shit. Yeah. All together. So and you know, not to talk again, but about the Rodney King uh, thing. They were everybody showed how enough they had. Like yeah. people had enough. Right. And it was just like this was their anthem. 
Yeah. You know, this, you know, that was their anthem. Yeah, man. All right. I think that's it on NWA. Another artist, man, we could just do a whole show on. We, we have to talk about Ice-T. Oh, yes. I keep fucking skipping Ice-T, man. I'm He's so sorry. He's the original gangster rapper. Yeah. So Right. So he was affiliated with the Crips. And he he's another dude, man. He said, like, with the music, he's like, I'm just going to document all the gang stuff that's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he started making music about it. And so much of this shit just... Uh, he was dangerous. He was, man. That's yeah. all. Six in the morning just changed everything that he did. Yeah. You know, the, the gangster rap. Can we hear it? Yeah, sure. Here. Six in the morning, police at my door. Fresh Shadita squeak across the bathroom floor. Out my back window. Didn't even get a chance to grab my old school tape. Mad with no music, the happy cause free. And the streets to a player is the place to be. Got a knot in my pocket, weighing at least a grand. Gold on my neck, my pistol's close in hand. I'm a self-made monster of the city streets. Remotely controlled by hard hip hop beats. But just living in the city is a serious task. Didn't know what the cops wanted, didn't have time to ask. He's so cool, his voice. You know right. who it is right away. Singing about having a gun. Everything and drugs that he's and... rapping about is from experience. Sure. He's oh, not yeah. making yeah. any that up. Oh yeah, he was a he, thug. Like he that's what he, he was a drug dealer, he was a pimp, he was this, he was that, and he saw money in this. He can do it. He yeah. like he can do he was in the scene. He's like, I'm gonna do the same thing but whatever. Like how easy got into it. You know, Ice T's like the original Thing that Hollywood came around and said, hey, we're going to take you and use you as an actor instead of an actor. We want somebody to portray someone like you, but we don't want an actor. We want you to do it. So, you know, Ice-T was in movies. Right. Like Law that. and Order. Law and Order. You know, it was just like being he, himself his whole life gave him a career. Yeah, he's a very charismatic guy. And he know. talked only about true shit. He never talked about how fly he was no. or anything like that. It was more about reality of where his life was. Yeah, that's a good point. He's not like that uh that braggadocious. Yeah. You know, that's always been something in hip hop, back to like, you know, the rap battles, like I'm better up to I mean, I mean shit, it's still now, right? Like just how much money you have and your cars and stuff and yeah. yeah. I mean, rap music first started out, you talk about how poor you were. Right. You know, now it's all about how rich you are. That's all they talk about. But, you know, Ice-T's just saying, like, um, he's already this, and he's not lying. He's like, I got the Adidas. I have the not, the, you yeah, know, the remember not Remember he money. had that big gold chain with the gun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, the, the six shooter yeah. on there? Like, he was for real. Yeah. And then when, that, when he was in New Jack City, he may have played the cop in New Jack City, but, dude, that was a real thug him, being thug. Right, and that turned into... Uh, Body count, yeah, and everything else, right? So body count was awesome. We yeah. saw them in concert. Yeah, we talked about them a couple yeah. times. Yeah, and Ice T pushed the envelope with that shit. Yeah. With again, fucking with the police. I think even I mean, just you heard that song, like the beats and everything. That's like that's eighties kind of hip hop. No, it's shit. very early but with that. Very but early with that nineties gangster rap kind of content to it. I th- but I think do think that you know. Ice T, if he didn't act and he wasn't in a million movies and TV and this and that, but he would have fizzled out as an artist, as a hip hop artist. I think he was an important part of rap at the time. He opened. He was part of the opening door. He was one of the first guys in for gangster rap. Yeah, you know, before NWA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Totally. But um, I feel that he would have fizzled out. Like, he just stayed relevant. He He's he, fucking that charismatic. He's, he's that much talent. On, he's been he's on, on everything. the same show for 20 years. Right. Yeah, what else does he have to do in life? He has that banging wife, whatever her name Coco. is. Yeah. He don't... I saw him on that hip-hop documentary. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, he don't give a fuck about nothing. He shouldn't. No. He ain't no kid. Yeah. You know, he was no kid when he recorded this. He was like 30. Yeah, he, he was yeah. like in his 30s when he did this. Yep. Yep. You know? Cool. All right. Oh, you know what, man? Another thing we got to talk to before we, like, you know, kind of cover some odds and ends is almost all of the artists we've talked about so far have been dudes. Yeah, dude. And there have, you know, there were women of hip hop, but it is a largely male dominated genre of music. Um, yeah, man. You had Ryan. You had Queen Latifah on here. I, I think she's the best one out of them all. QL, come on, play a little bit. Of that. Who, who? It was a. It was a combination of her. And another artist. Moni Love. And, you know, I've I been having this song in my head all day. We got to play it. All right, here we go. It is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister's open up to make you holler and scream? Hey, yo, let me take it from here, queen. Excuse me, but I think I'm about to to get into precisely what I am about to do. I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue. So listen very carefully as I break it down. I dig it. I didn't know yeah. that song, but I was digging it. No, yeah, I, I mean, never heard that before, but I love it. Yeah, great. queen, but yeah. that's just a little bit how queen raps. I think she's like. And I remember MC Light. Yeah, I, I loved she was how she yeah, was a good. great rapper. She was cute as hell too, you know. And you, then you had Salt and Pepper. That they yeah. were like the the most well. Yeah, they were like the face of yeah female, especially rappers. like in the nineties. Like yeah. the crossovers were in vogue. They were they, on yeah, TV like constantly. They like, talk about sex. You know, that was a big yeah. thing for that for them. But Queen Latifah, another person who kept herself relevant even she till today, never changed for anybody. No, I mean. I'm going on vacation, guys, in a couple weeks, and it's going to be fucking awesome. And what inspired me to do it was this Queen Latifah movie called Last Holiday. And she thinks she's going to die, so she goes on the vacation of a lifetime. I don't, I've never heard of it. Yeah, mm. it's a great movie. And it, I just think she's a great actress. She's a great rapper, musician. I think she's a great she was a great TV host at a time. She's a great actress. I mean, shit, man. Yeah, and she's also had like whatever 35, 40 year career too. Yeah, right? and also, she's still, and people do, and people listen to her. She's yeah, a voice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I I love her more than any of the other chick rappers. Yeah, right on. Yeah, All right. man. Um, I think it's about you know what one other thing that we didn't talk about. Well, you know, I do have one other artist, and we don't have him on the playlist, but Two Life Crew oh, is oh, around yeah, this time yeah, too, yeah. man. Really wow. important just because how like they they push the envelope. What was yeah, his name? Luther Luke Campbell. Luke, Luke Campbell, Campbell, right? Yeah, Luke Skywalker. In terms yeah. of like Luther Skywalker. In terms of just how much like the the filth and the music, you know, they were just, so horny. But, but at the same right. time, dude, they used their the people banning them to their advantage. They came out like banned in USA, and that was like huge. Like, well, like no, uh, they I were totally getting, forgot about that song. But, but it's just like they use advantage. It's like oh, let's like let's put the panel advisory sticker on. Awesome, this is fucking great. Yeah, but they were now, getting arrested at their own shows. They were getting they got locked, locked up because they said the shows were X rated. Yeah, they were. 
What? Because they had chicks dancing. They had two chicks dancing on the stage, like go-go dancers. I mean, and Luke's going, "Pop that coochie, pop, pop, pop that coochie, baby." You know, like it, it was the time. It was Miami. That was, what and my, that's where they're from. Dude. Yeah, they, they got that, arrested in Miami. Yeah. I mean, I you guys tell me if you had a different experience. I remember watching Full Metal Jacket for the first time and going, "That's where that's that's yeah, where sure. be so horny." Oh, yeah, from, sure. right? I knew the yeah. song before I knew. Even the when movie. I hear, if I ever watch that movie, I'm like, huh, "That's funny." Right. right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was a genius. Right. Just had the he beavis and butt so, head kind of laugh. Yeah. He did what I just saw on the hip hop. That keep on going back to that TV show. But if you look and you see what he did for rights of America, like freedom of speech, it's bigger than some album. He took he took um, a lot of shit and maybe it ruined his career to make a ladder for other people to make right. more important music than him talking about coochie to talk about something else more important than that. Right. Yeah. All right. Right on. Last thing I had in my notes, man, we talked about like the drum machine and the sampling and the mixing and rap battles. The human beatbox was sure. a big thing too, right? It's yeah, like kind the, of an eighties thing. The Fat Boys, yeah, the they, Fat Boys, yeah, were, oh, were yeah, a big part they were of that. Totally, and they're kind of like a novelty, but yeah. Yeah. it was like you know they they had a couple movies. They had and some the other, delirious movie, yeah, the disorderlies, yeah, and um, yeah, man. I, mean, I don't think we need to play another shit. But speaking yeah. of novelties, they're too, man, fun they, though. They are fun. They were that's they were the like whole, three stooges. They kind were of, yeah. like. Exactly. It wasn't like they, they were, were being hard guys. No, and that was fun. They, exactly what it was. It like. was we're, fun. Yeah. We're fat guys who were trying to get laid. That's and basically. I'm sure they did. Yeah. And, and you said like the, I mean, the novelty too was uh, like at some point when hip hop starts becoming big, like every late, like Rodney Dangerfield, right? Mm, had, yeah. a, had a rap and Rodney. Yes, no, rap and rap. Dude. Yeah. dude. Could we, we find we that on YouTube real fast? <laughs> did they call I, they, I sent it to Bruce the one night. I was like, dude, you got to hear this. Rapping Rodney Dangerfield, and they had a spoof with uh, Ronald Reagan rapping Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan. They had like a spoof of that. Like, I remember hearing that before. All right, here we go. Here's a little rapping Rodney. Oh, there's a live version too. What the hell is that from? I do remember I this. I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape. I don't get a break with nothing. I played hide and seek when I was three. No respect. No respect. Why they wouldn't even look for me? No respect. No respect. I was an ugly kid. I never had fun. No respect. No respect. They took me to a dog show and I won. <laughs> it's just this act. And putting with yeah, no respect, sure. no respect yeah. behind it. It's always jokes. It's yeah, always sure. one line. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. put there some shitty. Yeah. We could frame and cash in on it. Who yeah, I told him to do that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. I'm sure it worked. One last thought on hip hop, man. So we talked about like a bunch of hip hop in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I went back and I looked at how many hip hop artists are actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame: mm-hmm. Jay Z, LL Cool J, Biggie, Tupac, N.W.A., Public Enemy, The Beastie Boys, Run D.M.C., Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, and Eminem. I think that whole like discussion over whether they get it or not, I, the ship has sailed, right? They're in. I, you and- know, it really bothers me a lot when people who are like, well, why do they call it the Rock and Roll of Fame then? And I'm like, dude, because it's fucking deserving to be there, man. This is a part of America. If you don't like It's like- one of the few American, American art. art forms. Yes. It and- was invented in America, just like jazz was. Exactly. And blues was. Right. And it's like, I get, I get so bored with people asking me all the time with that. I'm just like, are you fucking still asking that question? Right. I mean, if you take the music out and the story that we just told about, yeah. like, 
you know, a shining light on culture and and counterculture and changing fact. Like that could be rock or punk or anything sure. else, right? It's the same. Man, it's the same fucking thing, man. Like, we've right? been talking for like two hours. We have, and we didn't talk about Biggie. We didn't really talk about Tupac. We didn't. We right. Eminem. Right, right. A genre. There's, a genre. There's that's so much been a- more that we didn't talk yeah. about, and. You know, don't come at us, say, oh, I can't believe you didn't talk about Eminem. It's a genre that's only been around for 40 years. 40 years, and we're still just barely scratching the surface. And a lot of these guys, man, we could have talked for a half hour on a number of these artists. There is a hip-hop Hall of Fame that's supposed to be opening in New York City in 2024. So it's been around for the foundation that runs. It's been around since, like, the 90s, and they just haven't been able to get the funding together. That's that's amazing by itself. They couldn't get the funding to get the hip-hop Hall of Fame together. Yeah. That's I hope, I hope a little they put strange. It like in, I hope they put it in Brooklyn or somewhere like the I original. I thought it was Harlem, but I that I could don't, be cool. Too. I don't remember. I I had done some notes and I, I I didn't put them in here. I read some stuff. I didn't put it in my notes. So people will go. I'll yeah, go. be very successful I'm all about it. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. So that's it. I got a uh, some. I got two stories from music news. I got one thing on second thoughts, and then we can do the electric chair. So. Music news. Uh, Steven Tyler is back, back in rehab. No surprise. Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith canceled part of their upcoming Las Vegas residency after Steven Tyler relapsed and went back into rehab. Uh. The band said Tyler relapsed as a result of foot surgery. Sure. Uh, customers received a full refund, and the band is hopeful to get back on the road in September. Steven Tyler is very honest, open, say, I'm an addict. Yeah. I'm an addict for the rest of my life. Even if you just got a taste. And it's an everyday. You know? Dude, that's probably exactly. He just got a taste of it, and he's like, "Nope, oh, got to go back." I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's bigger than drugs. Sure, you know. Oh yeah, sure. All right, and then the next one is (laughs) Kate Bush. (laughs) Dude, you know people call me this week. I know, but you know people reached out to me and be like. Hey, did you hear about Stranger Things and Kate Bush? And you sent a picture of like how big Kate Bush has been listened to. Yeah. Nobody cares. So Kate Bush now, the 1985 Kate Bush song "Running Up the Hit That Hill" is the number one song on iTunes after it was in the season four premiere of Stranger Things. You can blame Winona Ryder. She told USA Today that she lobbied hard for Kate Bush's music to be used uh, in the show. She seems like a Kate Bush fan. Yeah, right. And it sound, apparently, like every uh, Stranger Things. Thing that she's gone to over the four seasons, she's always wearing like a Kate Bush pin. Oh, really? It's like an Easter. I don't know. I don't yeah, watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, I don't yeah. watch the show. Oh, really? You should. It's great. Yeah, oh my, my god, it's great. My kids were watching Kate, when I was leaving today. Did you Kate watch? Bush is a stranger. I watched thing. like five minutes of it. Did you watch a new episode? Only like one or two of them so That's far. What, did you notice the extreme song uh, in the yo, first fuck video? Yeah. yeah, I was. I meant to ask you oh, about yeah. band practice. That was day. like right away. I was like, yeah. holy shit, they're playing extreme. Yeah, but it's at the point too. Like if you go like Netflix's Twitter profile, like when yeah, it's like we're listening. To Kate Bush twenty four seven. That's not us. So. Fuck her, man. Yeah, so she's she's really popular right now. So well, maybe she'll get in next year. Yeah. Maybe she'll be on our show. Yeah, I'm not going to play the song "Running Up That Hill." Good. So no. I'll save We're it for another like yeah. You know, people said to me, "It's like, oh, did you hear Kate Bush?" I'm like, I watched the episode and I still didn't know what fucking song it was. I'm like, well, I I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't pay attention to mm. it. Okay. Well, fuck her. Yeah, fuck her. Uh, second, <laughs> second thought. Uh, our friend Nick from Chicago sent us an email. He's written us a few times, and it's always good to hear from him. He said, uh, great episode in the 1950s. You guys asked what was going on in California at the time. Well, let me educate you. 
Richie Valens was actually from That's California. True. That's true. There was also an offshoot of country music called the Bakersfield Sound. It's grittier than Nashville. Think like Merle Haggard. And by the way, Leo Fender was making guitars in California, and the Telecaster came out in 1951. It was the world's first mass-produced electric guitar. So there's definitely some stuff going on. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Nick. Awesome. Nick sounds right, like a really yeah, smart, smart guy. Yeah. He really does. Holy so. moly. We got some smart listeners. We do, man. Jackie in Seattle, Omar. Omar. And, and Nick from Chicago. So right on, man. All right. The electric chair. I actually, I don't know if you guys came up with one. What do you got? Fucking ice, ice baby. That's a, you read. We did that twin thing, but because it was the same thing. I was like, what an embarrassment that this blemish was. I think I think this is the only one to go. We could do this, or you can't touch this. No, I'd rather do ice, ice baby. (laughs) I think on so many different levels, so many levels of decency. Yes, we are killing this song. All right, man. I remember I got made fun of because I didn't like the numbers. I remember the same thing. This song was so goddamn big for like a, like a it minute, huge. right? It was huge. huge. This dipshit. And Queen sued him and they won. This dipshit kid that we went to school with had a like airbrushed vanilla ice yeah. jacket. Yeah. Like he, some South Philadelphia. We, we went to school with like some really rich kids. Some and they like just really South Philadelphia yeah. stupidity. Oh my and God, we never like bought that. into it. I never bought I like, into this. I like Ninja Rat more than yeah. I like this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, remember when he got busted too, like, because he wasn't from the hood. Oh, yeah, but he was like a BMX guy. Up. Right. It was like, you know, like. But did you ever hear the ver- the hardcore version? Yes. He was in a hardcore yeah. band. It's not fucking bad. He's got a hookah version of this I think song. It's with yeah, I'm sure think, he does. I think the hardcore version is actually with corn. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I remember when it came out. And people were like really hardcore. Like, write a new song. Dude, why yeah. they keep on doing this? I actually like Vanilla Ice as a person. Absolutely, he's yeah. he was on one of those reality shows. He's just yeah. like built houses and yeah. shit or yeah. something like I that. I really dig him. Yeah, his you know yeah, but fuck. And we song. heard about here. I'll, let me kill this so we don't get su- we don't get sued by Queen for ripping off. <laughs> yeah. We sentence you to death. Good riddance. I like the 5.0 song. Uh, what was that? My 5.0. Yeah, what was that fucking song? Oh, but they ripped off that song, like, do that funky music, white boy. Oh, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. that. Why do we know all this stuff? Yeah. Because we, I remember, li- we live Is it the scars, it. dude? Is it, no. like, the fucking psychological this damage is, of living was, through I, this shit? It was all useful. What Everything <laughs> we took in was, is useful. But he was on one of those, like, behind the music or one of those things, and he was kind of like... Sugar Knight. Yeah, man. Every, right, well, Sugar Knight almost threw him out of a fucking window, right? <laughs> Dangled him out of a hotel window. But he also said something like, yeah, everybody makes fun of me. He's like, but you know what, man? I saved my money. I invested all my I money. Fucking right. I'm fucking rich. I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. And the jokes are, you keep breaking my balls, yeah. man. He, I was like, right on, dude. You, yeah. you cashed in on it. And yeah, yeah. Like I said, He's a I like him as a person. Yeah, yeah that's I like the show. Yeah, he yeah, said so that he was a professional BMX racer. Yes, I watched was. that that house from the show. Mo- he did. And he had a movie back in the day, too. Oh, yeah, my cool God. Was he was so big. They gave him a fucking movie. It came out like right around the same time, like Ford Fairlane with the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, Ford I, Fairlane's a way better dude, movie. I just than watched that. that. I just watched it. Oh, shit. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay was dude. so funny. Oh, my God. Andrew Dice Clay was in that Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson show, and he was fucking amazing. Was he? <laughs> He's a, All he needs to do is just play a mobster. Just be a fucking old mobster, dude. You're going to win an Oscar. Uh, He's I great. I can't stand him. He's, dude, he's great. Oh, oh. 
All right, so that is that for episode 42 in hip-hop. Man, we, man. we were talking for two and a half hours. Awesome. Got some, I think this yeah. is one of our better episodes that we've done in a long time. It was a lot of time. fun, man. I think, we did, I think we did the topic all right. Yeah. If you like what you hear, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a review and tell somebody about the show. You can also check us out on Facebook or Twitter or at PrisonersOfRockAndRoll.com or at PrisonersOfRockAndRoll at gmail.com. If you want to hear all the songs we talked about in the episode, we put together a playlist on Spotify. You know, we can't sample the songs that are being sampled, but there is a link in our show notes to that and all the other stuff I just mentioned. And lastly, dude, thank you just to everybody who's been listening to the show and taking One the time life. to reach out to us over email and social media. We put a lot of work into this. That's why we only do an episode every two weeks. And we just we love from hearing everybody. I think we're getting close to having 8,000 listens soon. Yes. So that'd be really cool. For, hey, man, for us, that's pretty awesome. For the little podcast that could, man, we just yep. keep plugging I away like, and doing yeah, our thing. Yeah, we're a little podcast that could. Yeah, man. We just I keep, think I can. I think I can. Right. We keep plugging away. Hell yeah. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks, man, with some more insight and entertainment. Hey, thanks for listening. Keep on rocking. Peace out. Ah!